Blog Talk Radio. It's that time. We have the people. This is Eric from Moana. This is Priscilla Lima. This is Casey Patterson. The story in real time. We're a much better team now than we were then. I'm not looking at just this year. I'm looking at the next four years. You're listening to The Net Line with Barney. You didn't win, so you must not have done a good job. And DJ Ruscha. I have great thighs. It's The Net Live right now. <laughs> Welcome back. Thanks. Oh, that was loud. Welcome back to the Net Live, ladies and gentlemen. We took uh, we took a week off, and now we're back with something to talk about. Yes, Kevin Barnett and DJ Jeremy Roche here in the home court, the beautiful, airy, cool home court today. Feels so nice. Couldn't have been said after last week where we were experiencing Vegas-like temperatures. It's brutal. We have a show planned for you today, Jake. Spiker Gibb. Big nasty. S-P-I-K-E-R, not S-P-Y-K-E-R. Not like the car. Correct. But like the hitter that he is. Yep. Jake Spiker Gibb will join us later in the program. We'll give you a World League roster preview. The Men's World League about to get underway this weekend in Bulgaria, this coming weekend. We will give you a preview of that roster. It was announced about 10 days ago. World Championships qualifiers happened this past weekend. We'll, we'll review that a little bit, as much as it deserves, really. A competition happening in Colorado. Uh, we'll go over a little Destiny Hooker drama and some questions related to that. Uh-huh. I think some larger questions. We will, of course, talk about my 40th birthday party. Obviously. Uh, also, beach happening. Beach about to get underway domestically. Correct. NVL starting this week. AVP starting the following week. Correct. And there has also been some international action happening. Puerto, Puerto Vallarta should have gone down, gotten the condo for the weekend, and, and watched. Should have. Man, I like that they gave out huge sombreros as part of the championship <laughs> on the podium. Was that your uh, was your trophy? You get a uh, sombrero? Giant sombrero. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, we'll have a Wall BQ update and continue to give you information on that and where you should go. Not where you could go, but where, where you, you should, should go. go. June 7th in Long Beach, where you need to find yourself parting the day away and finishing up with a USA victory over Russia that evening inside the pyramid. So we hope. A USA smashdown of Russia or I don't maybe think it's four. Possible. How about four? I, about four. If you beat Russia in five and there's three due sets, that would be a smashdown of Russia. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Good to know. No, I, I think it's going to be – if you like international volleyball, if you consider yourself a fan – of international volleyball, this is a treat of the highest order. This is a cake topped with whipped cream, topped with strawberries, topped with sugar. <laughs> this is your favorite cake. That's hilarious. That's, that, that description is awesome. So USA-Russia, unbelievable matchup. I'll also give you later in the program information on the USA Volleyball Cup, a women's event coming up, which is also your favorite cake with all those trimmings. Love it. So if you're a volleyball fan, this summer is going to be awfully good. Awfully good. Jeremy and Kevin holding it down. Katie skipping today. I think she uh, she's traveling somewhere. A likely excuse. 
So no Katie today, unfortunately. would like to have had her here to discuss some of these topics. But let's get to the World Championship qualifiers. Okay. Since those just happened mm-hmm. in Colorado Springs at the U.S. Olympic Training Center, former home of both the men's and women's programs, the men's program from 97 to the end of 05, and the women's program a couple years later. I think they finished in, I want to say, 9 or 8. Okay. 2008, and then they moved out here to the Anaheim Sports Center. Both teams now housed in Anaheim. But a return to what was, a back-to-the-future moment for one Reed Pretty, who went back and discovered that, yes, my picture is still on the wall Yep, at the USOTC. Nice, as it should be. And he was asked by, he said, at least four people, what team are you coaching? It's funny. It, it dawned on me today, like, would Reed ever consider the coaching aspect? I was thinking about Rich Lamborn coaching uh, Jake and Casey, and would Reed ever go that route? Maybe. That is just a thought that popped in my head this morning, actually. Reed's going to have more options because he's made more money than Lamborn. Correct. Libero's not known for signing huge contracts. Correct. Outside hitters, yes. Yep. So Reed will have some options. It'll be interesting to see what he does. But in the meantime, the folks at the OTC learned that, yes, Reed is still playing. Yes. My response is, I'm not coaching. I'm actually still on the team. Yeah. He's still <laughs> on the team. And Reed was on the team, which, quote, according to the USAV article here, quote, held off a scrappy Guatemala squad in the finals. My thought would be, take away the S, held off a crappy Guatemala squad <laughs> in the finals. And I love the quotes about how well they played and this and challenge and this and that. And you beat them 18-22-15. As you should. With though. a bunch of college guys. Isn't that what you're supposed to and do? And a couple of vets. Yeah. Isn't that what you're supposed to do? Yeah. Yeah. But... Scrappy? What do you call him? Crappy. That's not nice, Kevin. Uh, well, hold on. Can you be called Scrappy if you were outdug in the match 12 to 5? You had five digs. You're not Scrappy if you have five digs. Don't you have to dig balls to be Scrappy? Maybe you should yell at your blockers at that point. Maybe it's the blockers' <laughs> fault. 12-5? It's not good. They have five digs in three sets. That's not a good stat. <laughs> you're not Scrappy. You're Crappy. <laughs> Maybe they're getting better. Maybe they only had three digs in their last match. Maybe they have five now. So, so then they're scrappy yeah. compared to them for, yeah. their former they're, selves? They're improving. This is a tournament that featured on the men's side, the USA versus Guatemala, Haiti, and the squad known as the Panamaniacs. Nice. Panama. Nice. We call them the Panamaniacs. They're not really widely known as that. The USA team was known to call them the Panamaniacs. Mm-hmm. The women's team also also hosting a tournament at the same time or Alsto, whichever you prefer. They were hosting Guatemala, Honduras, and the female Panamaniacs, which sounds to me entirely more intriguing. I'll say, shouldn't there be a different uh, description for them? <laughs> I don't know what it would be. I don't think we can say it on oh, Okay. Uh, the Women's World Championship qualifier went as they would hope. The U- U.S. went 4-0. The men's was the same. The United States qualified for both the World Championship events, which will be held later this year. Now, World Championship events have started to get bumped up. They've started to move them up because it was conflicting with the professional calendar. And so as they've moved these events forward, it kind of compresses everything. Now you qualify in May, and for the women, they're going to play in September. It'll be September 23rd to October 12th in Italy is when women's world championships will occur. 
So the United States already in for that. For the men, they're going to play August 30th to September 21st, so a little bit later, and they're going to play in Poland. So Japan used to host a lot of these events. Yeah. And now other places in the world taking the events. And you notice the length of this, by the way. Did anyone do the math as I gave you those dates? I did not. I'm not going to lie to you. Okay. 21 days. August 30th to September 21st. 22 days, really, but... Decent amount of travel. Yeah. Multiple sites. Multiple pools. Before you get to the finals. If you get to the finals. It's a good test. It is a long tournament. Yeah. And then guys will go, and women will go, directly to their professional leagues. And unfortunate for them... What's that? It's your... Yeah, no, notification you have on the computer over here that you haven't fixed yet. Not good. Got to change that. Things changing with Apple. <laughs> By the way, USA Today, you updated your iPhone app. Pre- now it crashes every time. For USA Today? Yep. Now it crashes every time. No longer reading your paper. Thanks, jerks. That's why you have to wait till that update's been out a little while to see how people respond to it. My phone is set to just update automatically. Really? And it blew it up. That's your fault. Then. And even the people that can run it, they hate it. So Poland, 21 days. Italy, about the same distance of time, 21 days, 20 days or so for the women's tournament. That is a physical and mental test with, in the grand scheme of the four years, no ramifications whatsoever. Other than? Other than getting to learn your team. Well, that's correct. Yeah. I'm saying from a standpoint of World Cup yeah, I'm with you. is qualification. Yep. And then you have to qualify for the Olympics if you don't make the World Cup qualification. Is this an option, though, that they have to play in this tournament? Like, could they be like, no, we're not going to play? Yeah, you could. Yeah. You could say no to any tournament. You could not play in the Olympics if you don't want to. True that. Um, but to what you, what you said is true. The World Championships is really, I think, in the four-year cycle, the first opportunity to see parts of what will become the Olympic team. Correct. How they're really playing. Because it's the end of the, the two years before. A lot of upheaval always in the previous two years. Well, at this point, you know what players you have, what your pool is to choose from, of the potential people who are going to be on the team, right? Just about. Think. Yeah. Just about. There could be some that you're like, oh, I want to see a little bit more from them. But as you're getting into it, now you're probably looking at what players work best as a team as a whole. Isn't that what you'd be looking at now? Yeah, you're still selecting some talent as well. Yeah. You're going, oh, this kid may be really good in two years if we give them some time. Gotcha. So World Championships should be interesting. The World Championship qualifier, I don't think, was so interesting. I do like your Onitsuka Tiger shoes, by the way. They match mine. Are we matching today? Oh, I don't have mine on, but they're the same style. Okay. I like that. Just mine are five sizes smaller. Congratulations to Kelly Reeves. MVP of the Women's Tournament and Best Server, Lauren Plum, Best Setter. Nice, nice. This was basically, especially on the women's side, an NCAA all-star team. Kat Luft, Loyola Marymount. Kelly Reeves, formerly of UCLA. Kristen Hahn, Iowa State. Haley Hodson from T Street Volleyball Club. So a youngster there, six foot four. Molly Kreklow, we've had her uncle on here. Molly Kreckle out of University of Mizzou. Alexis Olgart, who I think has national team potential. She really finished her career at USC with a with a exclamation. Stamped that career. She looked really in shape, not fighting injuries in her senior year, played yeah. well. I think hopefully she played well in this tournament as well. Katie Slay, Penn State. 
Bailey Webster, Texas. Kylan Munoz. Kylan Munoz of Washington. Lauren Plum of Oregon. Chloe Ferrari of University of San Diego. Mm-hmm. And Maddie Martin of Penn State. Solid. Entirely college crew. Yep. No Olympic or further experience in that group. Head coach, David Hunt, Pepperdine. Nicole Lawler and Lindsay Devine were assistants. And John Shea was team manager. So, yeah, interesting interesting group. But that gives you an idea of the level of competition. Not one Olympic veteran sent. Not one full-time staff member for the United States sent. And what do you read into that? That's a developmental opportunity the U.S. knew they were going to win. Okay. I think it's good. I, yeah. I, like, I like that because you send the senior team. It's boring. And what are you necessarily learning at that point if they're just going to smash them? How they play in a match that they know they're going to win. Yeah. And I'm not sure that's terribly interesting because there aren't too many good matches you're going to play that you know you're going to win. Correct. So, yeah, congratulations to the USA women on qualifying. Yeah. Good job. We'll see how many of those players who qualified the U.S. actually make the world championships roster. That would be something to watch. Yeah. If I had to pick it right now, those that have the best shot, I'd say Kelly Reeves. Okay. Position? Outside hitter. Yep. Kelly's only six feet tall. She's pretty good this year. She's, I like her attitude. I'm not sure she's there physically, but if you're going to go with from this roster who has the best chance, there's some room at outside hitter. Alexis Olgart. Okay. Middle blocker. Again, potential. And then who knows what the the setting situation is going to look like on the women's team. Uh, Bailey Webster, I think, also like has a chart. Like starting? No, not starting. We're, I don't think any of these people are going to start. None of these women, I think, are okay. going to start. Gotcha. But I think they would have the possibility to play so well in the USA gym this year that they could make the roster. And I know you've probably answered this before, but what is the what's how big can the roster be once it's finalized? Does that make sense? How many people can they? How many will go to the tournament? Correct. It has varied between 12 and 14. Okay. I'll have to look and see what it is. More than likely, it is 12. Okay. More than likely. FIVB has been cutting expenses as of late, and maybe our, our USA Volleyball producer will chime in. Gotcha. DJ Evans. <laughs> but I'm betting it's 12. They had at one point moved it to 14 because it was better for practice, but at 14, it's a whole nother room and two more people you have to feed, two more people you have to fly per team. There are 24 teams or Correct. even more maybe this year. I haven't looked at the format for world champs just yet. But the United States, <laughs> newsflash, the women's side is deep. Yeah. This is what we've talked about for a while in this program. The women's side is deep. The men's side. Here's where it gets a little more interesting. Here's where you'll see guys that are in this tournament that will be on the world championship team most assuredly. Yep. The United States, by the way, 4-0, 1. Shoji, Eric Shoji, uh-huh. best digger, best receiver, best libero, MVP. Scrappy? He was scrappy. <laughs> he was definitely not crappy. He was, he scrappy. was scrappy, yes. Yes. In a very non-Guatemala-like performance. <laughs> You know, I love about the quotes. I mean, I get it. You're the, you're the coach. You're the promoter. Whoever you are, you have an angle that you have to play. But just come out and say it. These teams stink. If we don't beat the crap out of these teams, my team is embarrassing. You can't say that. Why not? 
Because it's going to come back to bite you. Panamaniacs and Haiti will never matter in the international scene. Never. Ever. Never, ever, ever. Forever, ever. Forever, ever. Never, ever, never. Ever, ever. Okay. So then, yeah. Okay. I'm calling it right now. Panama, never an Olympic medal. If you just want to step on their throats and embarrass them, that's fine, Kevin. I would like to see that happen, point-wise. Kind of guy you are, I guess. Single-digit people, that would be fine. Look, the U.S. beat Guatemala in, let's see, here, let's see, we have pool play. U.S. beat Panama 16-12-9, okay? They beat Guatemala in pool play 12 hold 14, on, hold 16. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What? Nine? Nine. <sighs> USA beat Haiti. Wait for it. Wait for it. 7 10 15 Seven. Let me ask you a question. Me, you, you read. Okay. Because we need somebody. Okay. Jay Hasek. Okay. Uh, I'm not. I'm thinking where this is going. Who else can I throw out there? Uh, Matt Furbringer. Uh huh. The Bear. That's five. And 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 Fuller. And Fuller. That's six. Who's our libero? Can we have? Can we have some autonomous gear? We brought to you by autonomous. So Aaron Waffogel? Yeah. Can we get Waffogel at Libero? Sure. So have him at Libero. Okay. Could we score more than seven? Oh, against the U.S. team? Yeah. I thought you were going the other way. We no. were going to play the tournament. No. Will we score more than seven? Seven points. No. You don't <laughs> we, think so? <laughs> I don't, we, might, we might get seven because we can serve. What if I never end up on the court and I'm just getting everybody water? I, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> you're, you're saying it's a no-go. Cause we're not if, getting, you, if you start me right away, we're already getting beaten like 25-10. Because you can't jump. I can't do anything. I'm a, I'm a black hole. I can pass. I've never been known for my defense. Okay, so you're not in the front row. You're just passing balls. <laughs> passing and digging. So I'm playing libero? Correct. <laughs> no, I don't like our chances at all. So we can't score more than seven. Oh, man. Seven. Maybe that they have some service errors. We get, how many service errors do we get? Three or four? I don't know. I always used to ask Geeter, like, if, Karen, if Geeter and I were up... 15-0 to 21, playing Carrie Misty, would we win? Geeter and I. On a women's net. Yes. Do you think so? Yes. If we were up 15 points? Yes. What would the, you final, have a 15 what would the final score be? 21-19. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it would be close. And see, I would love to play that, but Carrie Misty, I have nothing to lose. They like, they would it, have everything to lose. It's like the Shaq thing they did a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, of course. Obviously, they wouldn't take it seriously. Or they would hit every single ball at me as hard as they could. That would be taking. That would be it fun. would be hilarious. They just have an ISO cam on you. Yeah, exactly. Getting shelled. Just me, not even. I uh, just block, saving my face from getting smashed. You would look like me in paintball. Yeah. Just constantly <laughs> getting shot. <laughs> so before we get to that, let's continue with the men's program. Yeah, here. sorry. So the men go four zero. No surprise there. The roster on the men's side a little more mixed. Gold medalist Sean Rooney, veteran Sean Rooney, Taylor Sander, fresh out of BYU. Uh huh. David Lee, gold medalist. Ryan Ammerman, longtime pro at this point, coming off back surgery, helped coach UC Irvine this past year, back in action. Dan McDonald, out of UC Irvine. Don't know who that is. Reed Pretty. I know he played it all right. <laughs> Reed Pretty. Yeah. Out of Loyola Marymount, so it says. I'm surprised it, that doesn't have a strike through on it. She really ought to. Gold medalist, Reed Pretty. Murphy Troy, Troy Murphy, take your pick, out of USC. Russ Holmes out of BYU, Carson Clark, UC Irvine, Aaron Russell from Penn State, Eric Shoji, Riley McKibben, a couple years out, setter from Hawaii. 
So a lot of the same guys here, as yeah. far as same level as far as the women. But then you throw in, you sprinkle in a little gold dust with Sean Rooney, Reed Pretty, and David Lee. Okay. And Eric Shoji, who's in his second year now. Did I veteran experience? Did I just black out when you said Matt Anderson? No, Matt Anderson. Okay. Not in this tournament. Okay. No, Matt Anderson. So you, I don't know. I think to me what that says is it's not quite as deep and maybe you need to hedge your bets. Meaning? The USA women's level is a lot higher than the rest of the world. Overall. Yeah, I'm with you. So by the time you get down to Guatemala, Honduras, Panama, you're really a lot better. Even your college players are a lot better. And we'll do a smashing of them. Okay. On the men's side, the men's, the quality of men's play in the United States is not quite as high above the rest of the world. Because I, Guatemala, Honduras, Panama, Haiti, they're all about the same men's or women's side, I, I feel. Okay. I'd have to look up where they're ranked. But my guess is they're all very similar. And you could average it out to something remotely close. Mm-hmm. But on the men's side... I don't feel like the men can dominate in the same way that the women can. So you need a little insurance. You need Reed Pretty, Sean Rooney, Dave Lee. You need those guys there with you. So the men go in, take care of business. Lee, best blocker. Sander, Taylor Sander, best server. Right out of college, comes in, best server, first tournament. However, not, not a however, but a maybe advantage for him. Yeah. Serves at BYU. Yeah. 5,000 plus feet. Colorado Springs, 6,300 feet. It's not going to hurt you. Altitude experience. Yep. So good job by Taylor Sander. I like his chances. I like the way he plays. We'll see if he can get strong enough to compete internationally, but I like his dynamic attacking. Yep. Aaron Russell, best spiker. Jay needs to like send me a portfolio. or a, Best a, spiker. Can I get a, what do they call it, a dossier? Can I get a dossier? I'm not sure how On Aaron Russell? No, I don't like the term best spiker. Why? Best hitter? It just sounds cheesy to me. Spiker? Yeah. And not Jake Gibbs' middle name. But like, but I don't, it I, doesn't sound cheesy there. Correct. Okay. That's just me, though. Now, some of these guys you won't see on the World League roster. For instance, Aaron Russell. Not on the World League roster. 22 names on the World League roster. So he's at the World Championship qualifier. He's not on the World League roster. That, to me, is interesting. Ryan Ammerman set. Rooney played a little outside hitter. Congratulations to men. Read pretty good job stepping in your DeLorean and going back to the OTC. <laughs> Hope that was fun. I wanted to go. I would have enjoyed being there. What if he really had a DeLorean? He could. He could buy a DeLorean. They're yeah. cheap. I don't know about maintaining it. They probably weigh a ton with that stainless steel skin. <laughs> So there you go. Congratulations to both teams. Qualified for World Championships. Big deal. And if you're a fan, you need to watch them. September 23rd to October 12th in Italy for the women. October, or pardon me, August 30th to September 21st in Poland. My guess is that these are on Universal Sports. Yeah. And I've heard that maybe it'll be U.S. commentators. Maybe it will be World Feed commentators. Yeah. Which probably means the British guy doing who knows it, nothing about it, volleyball. Doing it solo. Doing it solo. And not having a clue. It's probably what that means. We will see. 
congratulations to all involved, coaching staffs as well. By the way, coaching staff that got sent for the men, remember we said the women, they didn't send one senior member? Correct. The men, the regular staff, plus Mike Seeley and Eric Sullivan. Eric Sullivan also returning to the OTC, but as a coach, not as a player. And, I think and Mike Seeley. And I think it's because they're still learning the team more, don't you think? And it's a new staff. I just don't think they're as deep. Staff-wise? No, no. The team. Team. Not my team. So you send your gold dust. You've got to go with it. <laughs> You've got to go with it. And it stands to reason it's not as deep. We have 300 Division One, Two women's programs. Yeah. You have 23, or whatever the number is. If you go D1, D2, yeah. you maybe have 40 programs for the men. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. The, the numbers do matter. The amount of players you're attracting to the game do matter. Uh, NCAA, that's on you for not increasing these scholarship limits. Discussion that we've had too many times on the show. But it, it shows up here of in course. the way that these rosters are structured. When we come back, I want to go through the World League roster. Okay. We'll go through player by player. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you my honest thoughts going into the World League on where they stand what their chances are, Yeah. if you're going to see them on an Olympic team, Yep. and how much you're going to see them probably in this tournament. I will give you my best guess. I'm not John Sprawl, but I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. And you have hair. And I have hair. So I'm not on the list that we will ask later. Trivia question coming up. I'm not on that list. You cannot name me for the trivia question. <laughs> Trivia and more, plus Jake Spiker Gibb, all coming up here on the Net Live World League roster preview next. It starts this week in Bulgaria, people. You're going to see it on TV, NBCSN, and so on. We'll be right back on the Net Live.
Is this like 1985? Nope. This is new music? Yep. Okay, I'm going to go back to like 84, 85, 83. It's going to be just like this. Everyone's going to be in leg warmers, and they're going to have that neon, like that new graphic effect they had where they could put like the spray paint or the brush across the screen, and uh-huh. it's going to fit perfectly with that music. Yeah, because it was sampled from that time. That's what it sounds like. Okay. And the disco new, they refer to it as new disco. That would be N-U, this <laughs> disco. Sounds uh, to me like shampoo. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's really sampling from a lot of that stuff back then. So everything goes in cycles. Everything is old is new again. Correct. All right. Speaking of everything old being new again, Reed Pretty once again on the World League roster. Yeah, Reed. <laughs> He's uh, 42 years old, but he is still there. News to the OTC, he is not a coach. He is still playing. Uh, let's look at this World League roster. It's 22 players eligible for World League to be selected for the tournament. And you get selected each weekend. So you can not go to one event, but you can then be selected for the following weekend. So folks that are going to watch these matches in Long Beach, June 6th and 7th, in Chicago, it says at Chicago, this is actually at University of Illinois Chicago, June 13th and 14th versus Serbia, June 20th and 21st in Hoffman Estates, just outside Chicago, against Bulgaria. Those that are going to go to these matches... You might see one group of players one week. You might see another group of players the following week because there is a 22-man roster. There are six Olympians on this roster, including a couple of gold medalists, three of them actually, yep. David Lee, Reed Pretty, and Sean Rooney, who just played in that tournament yep. for world championships. You also have Olympians, Matt Anderson, Russ Holmes, Paul Lottman, and Dave Smith, middle blocker out of Irvine. Yep. Now, you have three collegiate athletes who will be on there, Micah Christensen, Taylor Sander, and, wait for it, James Shaw. Interesting. This is going to be interesting. So, 1 to 22. Roster number. Yep. Let's go through it. Yep. Matt Anderson, number one. Outside hitter. Yeah. Out of Penn State. Yep. Still getting better. Played exceptionally well, I guess, in Russia. I believe took home the Russian championship. Yep. Matt Anderson, he's going to start at outside hitter. He is your starter in Rio, assuming he stays healthy and continues to be Matt Anderson. Well, it hasn't Sprague moved him around a little bit to different positions, trying it out? You may see him in opposite. That will depend on a couple of names we get to later here. Yep. But panic time, it has been Matt Anderson at opposite. And I like Matt at opposite. I don't mind Matt playing opposite. What I mind is what it does to the outside hitting positions, and I mind the fact that we cannot find an opposite in the United States. Because Matt Anderson has the skills to play outside hitter. You need to leave him at outside hitter so he can hit the high ball, hit you out of bad situations. Keep him there, and for goodness sakes, find someone that can play the opposite spot. Now let me ask you a question real quick, coming from somebody that's not an indoor guy, before you okay. continue this list. Let's say he is your best opposite hitter. Okay. Which he shouldn't be, but so okay. let's say he is. Okay. Why can't that person be the person that carries? You always hear that the... Outside hitter is the one that's like your go-to. It's become a left-side dominated game. Okay. Everything is going left. Speed to the left because it's a longer shot to the left. Correct. You can go fast to the outside, get better matchups. It's just, for whatever reason, become a left-side game. It's much easier in transition of a high ball, of a dug ball, to go high outside. I'm with you. In most situations than it is to go high over okay. the other way. Yep. Because the setter has to be real good to shoot it over his head without looking 
back the other way. Most setters will not turn around and, sh- and shoot the ball over. Yeah, I'm with you. If you're in a free ball situation, or not a free ball, a, a dug ball situation. So everything's gone left side. Okay. And you get these big sticks over there who can hit a high ball. And that's what we missed for a long time in the, in the United States. They won in 08 without a big stick on the left. Yeah. Neither Reed nor Riley are big sticks. Fantastic ball control, defense, in-system guys. Correct. Not good high ball hitters. Okay. Now we have a high ball hitter. You want to try and keep him over there. Okay. I'm with you on that. Thank you. Okay. Second. Second. Sean Rooney. Yep. Outside hitter, 6'10", gold medalist out of Pepperdine and Wheaton, Illinois. <laughs> Sean Rooney's still hanging around. Tons of injuries. Yeah. He may have surpassed me as far as the size of his medical file. <laughs> Uh, but he's he's stuck it out and continues to be there. I hope we get the flash of Sean Rooney as a consistent Sean Rooney. Yeah. I'm tired of the flashes. Tired of the potential of Sean Rooney. I want Sean Rooney to play well all the time. Play at a high level through an entire tournament. Not just one match or one set of one match or whatever. I want Sean Rooney... To play well the entire time. I'm sure he does as well. Absolutely. Good guy, Sean Rooney. Number three, Taylor Sander. One of the more interesting guys for this year to keep your eye on. Outside hitter, out of BYU, fresh out of BYU. Only 6'4". Not big in the international game. Not even average in the international game at outside hitter. Not even close. Yep. Because I think that average has probably crept to about 6'7". Used to be about 6'6 when I played. It's gone up another inch. And you go, oh, it's only gone up an inch. Well, we're talking about the average. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> to move the average an inch is a pretty, pretty significant thing. Yep. Uh, at six foot four, you better be really good, like Poppy, Samuel Poppy of Italy. You better be that good. Taylor Sander, what I've seen athletically, the coaching he's had, he has that potential, I believe. The question will be, can he deliver on that? Okay. Number four, Dave Lee. I think you'll see T- Taylor Sander, by the way. I think okay. You'll see him play. Dave Lee. Well, if the setters can set Dave Lee, he becomes the complete package. But I think Dave Lee is a little harder to set than your average bear, your average fuller. Yep. And I think with the inexperience at the setting position last year, we saw Dave Lee not be as effective as we're used to. Does that change this year with the setters? I hope so. Yeah. Because Dave Lee is still a hell of a middle blocker. Ryan Amerman at setter. There's one of those setters. Huge questions around Ryan Amerman. He's been hanging around the national team for a while. He's got a lot of experience with John Spraw, having played for him at UC Irvine. Yep. He's coming off back surgery. Obviously just played in this last tournament. So Ryan Amerman, perhaps in the mix. But has he missed his window is the question. Because there's a couple of the guys we're going to talk about in a minute. Paul Lottman. Outside hitter out of Long Beach. I'm not sure what to do with Paul. He's kind of a utility guy. Passes okay, serves okay, hits okay, at times is really good, but demeanor-wise, he's kind of a quiet guy. Yeah. I'm not sure. Last guy to make the 2012 team, last guy selected. I'm not sure what to make of Paul. He's not that flashy. Yeah, but that could be what you need sometimes. True. You know, he could be that guy that just kind of glues it all together. Doesn't necessarily need to be the vocal leader 
or the guy that's, you know, getting 50 kills a match. He's a guy that's just going to keep it all together. Could be. Yep. Could be. So Paul Lottman, guy to watch, see where he's at development-wise. He's entering the meet, the middle, maybe just past the middle of his career. Kavika Shoji, well, he's got some competition now. I've heard some stuff I don't like about training and attitude and that kind of thing. I don't know how true any of it is. Correct. You just Pretty good rumors. sources. Yep. But Kavika at 6'3 has some serious competition at that spot. Ryan Ammerman, who we just mentioned, 6'9. Mm-hmm. Kavika, 6'3. You better be a hell of a leader at 6'3. Reed Pretty, listed at 6'4. I, I think Reed Pretty's maybe gotten taller. But Reed Pretty, gold medalist. He's wearing the Kobe's. They may have listed him. I think yeah he might he might have gone big insoles huh or he's just stretching out he's just hanging from his uh, his workout thing in his garage and just trying to get a little taller it's not the hair it's definitely not the hair it's no fro <laughs> Reed pretty known quantity my only question for Reed this entire four years is can he stay healthy yeah, given healthy. his age yeah we will see well as long as somebody doesn't smash him in the face with their elbow and I hope he does not experience a Steve Nash type thing where it just start, starts all going away which is if you've read about Steve Nash lately. What he's struggled with. Well, his, it's a nerve issue with him. I mean, it's just... But he also said he's kind of watched things sort of disappear. Interesting. For whatever reason. But Reed Pretty a lot did not play professionally. A lot younger than Steve Nash. Let's just throw that out there. True. Too, yep. Quite four years. Three yep. years. Did Three years. Did not play Yep. this did. last year professionally. We'll see how that plays out over the summer. Yep. Murphy Troy. Troy Murphy. Here's the guy at opposite. Here's a guy with some potential at opposite. It's his job, along with a guy who we'll get to in a minute, it's his job to keep Matt Anderson at the outside hitter. That would be one of the best things these guys could do. Interesting. Is to put Matt Anderson into the outside hitting position. Because this is our best... What's the word I'm looking for? This is our most dynamic attacker. You want to put him in the highest percentage position... For us to win. Of availability, right? Perfect. So I want him over there. Troy Murphy, you have to make that happen. And for that, Troy, you have to be more consistent. Not Murphy, Troy. Troy Murphy. Troy Murphy. Okay. Murphy, Troy. (laughs) I will say Troy Murphy at some point in the broadcast. I guarantee. I'm sorry in advance, Murphy, Troy. It's just going to happen. I'll just say Murphy, Troy, Troy Murphy. Yeah. Every time. Yep. So Murphy, Troy, it's on you, man. I like you. He's, he's a great dude. We've had him on the program. Yeah. Smart guy. Uh-huh. Funny guy. Really like Murphy Troy. He has to be more consistent. We see flashes of it. He's a big physical dude. Hits the ball hard. He needs more range. I want to see his serve be more consistent. And I want to see him be better on high balls. Okay. Keep the ball high. But I like the potential of the man from St. Louis, Missouri. Tony Torelli. I don't know how much we're going to see Tony. Tony has to be exceptional at something. Could this be too early of a cycle for him? No. Like maybe it's the next cycle? You, you don't think so? No. Okay. Tony's game has to change a little bit. Everybody always talks about Tony as a beach player. And I think if the beach was vibrant, I think he'd do quite well. Okay. If this was 1993, <laughs> Tony probably be making 150 grand a year and getting in quarterfinals, maybe some semis. I think Tony would be having an exceptional post-college career on the beach. Okay. Because I, I see that in his game. He does everything well. Yeah. 
He does nothing exceptionally well. I'm still waiting for that from Tony. Okay. So he's got to find something and develop it. So I'm waiting to see what Tony does this year. If he gets time, the problem becomes there are a lot of reasons to put other guys out on the floor. Yeah, he's taking time away from other people. You have to give the coach a reason to put you out there. A known, the coach can go, this is what we need. Tony can fill that. Yeah. That's what you need to do. You have to give a coach a reason to put you out there. And there are other guys at the outside hitter who I can look at and go, you put them out there for this. Yep. Mike Christensen, setter. Six foot six. Started the end of last year. Tough to gauge where he's at with SC. They don't have enough hitters to make Micah look really good. But Micah makes Micah look really good on the second ball many times. Yes. Putting the ball on point, never letting anyone else set. Well, really good blocker. And last year on the national team, he was starting, and there was good uh, response from that, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I like, I like where Mike is at. Yeah. At SC, you have to try and judge him. Lucas Yoder was extremely good this year. We talked about him at USC. Yeah. But they didn't have a whole lot else. We'll see what Micah does this year. He still has another year of college. Russ Holmes, he's your rock. Draw, draw the prudential rock right now in the middle. Russ is just steady good, okay. even against the tough competition, against teams like Russia. Yeah. Even a couple of years ago, Wichita playing high-level volleyball against one of the best teams in the world. And when we play Russia in June... You're going to want to put out your A-team out there, correct? Absolutely. Okay. I want to put my A-team out in the entire pool. Serbia, Bulgaria, Russia. You better put out your A-team every time. Okay. We're not doing a lot of training here. We're, you better get better in practice so you get match time. Gotcha. Futi Tavana out of BYU, middle blocker. I don't know much about Futi. Guess we'll find out. I know about futsal and footy, but not about Futi. I would be good at futsal. So I don't know a lot about Futi. I'm going to learn. I'm going to have to click on the link here and have USA Volleyball educate me. Uh, Jeff Menzel mm-hmm. just came, came off a season there in Belgium. Yep. Six foot six, jumps 85 inches, I heard. I think he touches 15 and a half feet. 15, well, 15, five and a half, I think is what he touches. There's a guy who gives you a reason to put him out there. If you're jumping that high, I want the ball every time. Yeah. Just stand. Question is, how high can you hit the ball? That's true. How high can you consistently hit the ball? There are plenty of guys that jump, touch 11.5 to 12 feet, cannot hit the ball high consistently. Jeff Menzel, can you pass? That's a big question. Can you play the rest of the game at the same level that you can compete at at the net? Ah. So we will see. But at least Jeff is physical enough that physicality says... Well, we'll look at him. Okay. I don't know that they get to match time this year. That's going to depend on his practice. Yeah. But he has the potential to play well enough in practice to get match time. Carson Clark. All right, Carson. You have also applied for this job. You saw it in classifieds. <laughs> it said Craigslist needed one opposite to keep outside hitter at outside hitter. BYB, only, know, whatever. Only confident people may apply. Yeah. <laughs> RVP, whatever, <Yeah>. right? <laughs> MWM. 
<laughs> so here's what it is. Carson Clark, I like the left hand. I like the fast stuff. Can you hit the high ball? Can you play like you did that one match up in Reno last year? Can you go off like that all the time, Carson Clark? Playing for your, your old college coach, another UC Irvine guy. Dustin Watton, Brazil's most awesome United States volleyball blogger. He will be at Libero, and he's going to sit behind Eric Shoji. Sorry, Dustin. I hope you push him in practice, but my belief is you're going to sit behind Just you Eric Shoji. Yeah. Max Holt, I want Max Holt serve on point this season. Okay. I like what Max Holt does. He is a huge, physical, strong presence. He's a worker. He's not emotional, crazy up and down. He's just a worker. Yeah. But I want Max's serve. I want the bonus of Max's serve. Okay. Garrett Mwangatudia. Garrett, outside hitter, six foot five out of UCLA a couple years ago. I want to see Garrett for more than seven points this year. <laughs> we literally saw him. I think it was Wichita. We saw him for seven points. He got aced twice and two more off his chest. And you got uh, stuff blocked or something and hit two out. Have a seat. That was it. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. So, Garrett, I want to see more of you this year. Alfie Reft in at Libero. Love Alfie. One uh-huh. the best dresser in the United States gym. Sorry, Reed. He is uh, he's sharp. Alfie, I think you're going to sit as well. Dave Smith, middle blocker. Another guy who touches 13-7 and doesn't always look like it. What does that mean? For whatever reason... Does he play the body mechanics. No, no. The body mechanics of David. Yeah. When he jumps, uh-huh. does not look like he's going as high as he is. Interesting. Guy touches like twelve feet. Yeah. But it never looks like it. Interesting. But then you realize he just hit over a guy that was six ten. But yeah. you have to, because of the way he moves, it doesn't look the same. You watch Matt Anderson jump, you go, Whoa. Yeah. That dude's flying. Yeah. Menzel, that dude's flying. Yeah. Dave Smith. Touches just as high. Not so much, though. Doesn't look the same. That's funny. It's very weird. And I want his serve. I want him to figure out what he's doing with his serve. Either get consistent with a jumper or get mean with the jump float. I don't know. But figure it out. Here's an interesting one. Number 21. Uh-huh. We're almost to the end. Yeah. James Shaw. Okay. Stanford. Yeah. His father, Don Shaw. I'll be presenting an award to him. Don when, Shaw, by the way. Wednesday night in Phoenix. Don Shaw, by the way, is a great name. Don Shaw. Yeah, just I don't know, it just flows well. Legendary Stanford head coach John Shaw. Yep. Okay. He is getting I forget the name of the award, but he will be receiving an award at the banquet that I'm hosting on Wednesday night in Phoenix, the Boyce Banquet for USAV. Okay. I see him all the time, talk to him a bit about his son James, because I've done a lot of Stanford matches. Yeah. James raised his level this year. Unquestionably raised his level this year in college. He's just Completed his sophomore year, if I'm correct. Consult my books. So he has two more years in college. But James is six foot eight. He's an aggressive setter. Mm-hmm. Pretty good blocker. I think Micah probably still has him on the blocking, but it's pretty close. Mm-hmm. Good server. Need a little more consistency out of the serve. But I like what James did this year. I am high on the competition between James and Micah. Those are my top two picks. Okay. Sorry, Ryan. You're going to have to prove that the younger guys don't have more than you right now. But I, I think those two guys have the potential to push one another to both be great. I like and it. that's good for the U.S. I hope that continues. And that's going to be good for another 10 years, yeah. assuming they both stay healthy. Yeah. Eric Shoji, last one, number 22. Libero. He's going to start. If he plays anything like last year, 
he doesn't have a sophomore slump, he's my pick for for Rio. Okay. He impressed me last year, but he's got to keep it going this year. John Spraw, still head coach. Andrea Becker, still team manager, my pepper partner. Matt Furbringer, Mike Wall, good assistants. Does she know that you're pepper partners? Oh, yeah. Okay, just making sure. I don't give her a high fiver, and she doesn't know who it is. Just it's a legitimate, I walk in the gym. It's a legitimate question, Kevin. What up, Pepper? And she knows. We're ready. Okay. Technical coordinator, Anton Willard, great dude. Consultant coach, Eric Sullivan, and Mike Seeley. Uh-huh. We're all UCLA with the coaching staff here. Yep. Athletic trainer, Aaron Brockovich, still. There's your World League preview. Starts this weekend. What are our, In Bulgaria. What are the biggest concerns? <laughs> that we don't make it out of pool play. No, no I mean like play like team wise, like an opposite to keep Matt Anderson at outside. Correct. Yes. Setting situation needs to be finalized too. I don't think that's... you need to finalize it. Okay. I like the level. Okay. I know that was a you concern just... prior with the setter. Yeah, because you didn't have Micah till the end of last year, right? Yeah. Micah sort of really delivered on the promise that everyone had been talking about. Yep. And you, and James last year wasn't nearly as good. He's just a freshman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he he's really raised the level. Okay. And Ammerman coming back, I don't know about Ammerman. I haven't seen enough of him. Okay. He's got the advantage of of John Spraw being there. Yep. And let's not discount that advantage, please. Every coach wants to say it's not them. When Hugh McCutcheon was the assistant and and um, Carl McGowan was involved with Doug Beal from 2000 2004, there were a boatload of BYU players in there. Yeah. Boatload. Yeah. Some who didn't belong. Yeah. With Long Beach. You had, you had a bunch of Long Beach players in there. Yep. When you had Alan Knipe at the helm. Yeah. He's comfortable with those players. Of course. It's just what happens. Yeah. Irvine guy's going to get a good look. UCLA guy's going to get a good look. John Spross comfortable with those guys. It's not calling these guys biased to say... That they like their guys. Well, also some of it too is it's that not a bad thing. They know your coaching style. So they you do. You don't have new players coming in that have to learn how you coach them. And even with the experience that John Spraw has with the international game, you still want some security blanket. You still want some guys in there. They're gonna, to your point, gonna do what you ask them to do. Are yeah. gonna respond, and you know what you can get out of them. You want that in your environment. You want that on your team. You believe in that because you have that amount of knowledge of that player. And some of that, too, is if you have guys that you've coached before, the new guys coming in can learn from those guys as well, behind the scenes, too. Yeah. They're having lunch, they're talking about it, they're like, oh, when John says this, this is really what he's getting at. You have things like that. That's an advantage. Yes. Yeah. So they're coaching for you while you're sleeping on the couch. That happens. Yeah. That happens. Deal with it. It's just the way it is. Boys Banquet coming up. Mentioned Don Shaw. If you want to attend the boys' banquet, you can be there. 5.30 p.m. this Wednesday. $40 per person. Fun to be there. They're going to honor the 64 women's team. Nice. They're going to give out a bunch of regular awards. The George J. Fisher Leader in Volleyball Awards. Uh Uh-huh. They will also give out the Wilbur H. Peck Referee Emeritus Award. They gave that, I believe that was one last year, went to uh, Neil Lupke. The James E. Coleman U.S. National Team Award okay, will also be handed out. The Friar Award will be given out, the top award for USA Volleyball. 
They'll honor the 64 men's and women's teams as part of the 50th anniversary of the induction of volleyball to the Olympic Games. So it should be a lot of fun. Nice. That'll be happening Wednesday. I will be in attendance. Be there if you dare. It's going to be warm. Speaking of Hall of Fames Uh and things, congratulations to Tara Cross Battle. Going to be inducted into the Volleyball Hall of Fame, the International Volleyball Hall of Fame in Holyoke. Nice. I don't like hyphens. As an announcer, I hate hyphens. But? Pick a name (laughs) and stick with it. And don't have like four or five hyphens out on the floor. Go the opposite way. Be like Brazil. Just give me one name. Be one thing, not three or four things. <laughs> Stupid. But Terra Cross Battle, you're down with. The exception that proves the rule. Yes, exactly. I like it. Cross yep. Battle. I mean, it's just mean. It's yeah. just perfect. Love it. So, four-time Olympian. She will be inducted into the Hall of Fame coming up in October. Congratulations to Terra. She goes in with a bunch of other folks, indoor volleyball coaches and so on. Also, Nalbert Bittencourt, Brazilian player, exceptional Brazilian athlete, much to my chagrin. <laughs> had to play with Nalbert or against Nalbert many times. Did not like it. Annoying. Pulled his shorts all the way up like they were a speedo and yeah. pulled his sleeves all the way up and then beat me. He looked stupid and he was beating me. <laughs> really a bad combination. Yeah. If you're really. me, if you're him, you just look stupid, but you're winning all the time and making mad cash. And that's what matters. Congratulations, Nalbert. On your induction as well as your male indoor rival player. Your short shorts. And your short shorts. Will you Get inducted with short shorts. Will you hike them up when you get up on stage? If I was there doing the interviews, which I wish I was, it keeps overlapping with Supercross. You would ask. Drink. I would love to be there again. And I would ask him, what's with the shorts? Why pull your shorts up so high? <laughs> did, you, did you just have really good thighs? Hey. Because I know somebody. You know somebody that does. The, he's more of the model thighs. He had more of the muscular thighs. You have more model thighs. I feel like that was a compliment and a jab kind of at the same time. So I'm, I'm going to sit, very here. I'm gonna sit here for a second and figure out how I'm going to respond to it. You're quite perceptive, Jeremy. Uh-huh. <laughs> so congratulations to the folks that are going to be entering the Hall of Fame. Really, if you get a chance to attend that event, you ought to. A fun event to be at. The Volleyball Hall of Fame inductions happening October 18th. I believe that's a Friday. October 18th in Holyoke, Mass. Holyoke. Holyoke. Birthplace of volleyball. I went and played paintball this last week, Jeremy. Yeah, I saw a photo. Uh, the 18th is a Saturday, Kevin. It is? Yep. So I must be at Supercross that night. Drink. Yes. You play paintball. I saw a photo of you. It was a. Uh, it was very close to a shirtless selfie, except for you didn't take it because uh, somebody else had to because it was up your back. So it can't be a selfie. And you had war wounds. Yeah, I had a couple of nasty welts yeah. on my back. They're still there. And my question, got one in the rib cage, still sore. My question to you when I got here this morning, we were briefly talking about that off air, was did you get pelted because you were such a large target? I was not very good. Did you, were you wearing... I am well, a large target. Were you wearing fluorescent colors instead of camouflage? We got there at about, I want to say, 6 o'clock. Okay. Or 6.30. Yeah. Takes an hour to get through all the stuff to get in. To sign your life away. We get in our first round. We're playing with the, the sun just setting in the west. Who's pl- who is playing? Because I assumed you went with your kids, but you said no. No, this was this was a get-together, birthday party type thing. Okay. My birthday was Wednesday. My 40th birthday was Wednesday. This was Monday. A bunch of college friends, Brandon Rosenthal included. Nice. Uh, my other buddy, Brandon Hugh, who's been on this program, and Kevin Crane. So it was two Brandons, two Kevins. And we were out doing just a bunch of guy stupid stuff. We went go-karting. 
We went to Houston's for lunch and ate prime rib and ribs in the middle of the day. Excellent. Then we went, where did we go for that? Back here to hang out. Then we went and played paintball. Nice. Then we came back and had dinner. So was it your friends pelting you, or are you playing against other people? Playing against other people who had their own guns. Guys had, like, pistols and They were professional paintballers. I couldn't believe the stuff. (laughs) You go there and the stuff. People are way into it. They have, like, the gear. Oh, yeah. It's unreal. Yeah. Unreal. So the subculture is pretty pretty interesting. We go out here to Hollywood Sports Park in Bellflower. I recommend it. They have several scenes including Apocalypse 1 and Apocalypse 2, or as they call it, APOC. Nice. Because, of course, it's all into the war lingo. Nice. You get a little view into, like, urban combat and how <laughs> hellish that would be. I, I can't even imagine. I mean, I, I honestly can't imagine. Movies do it no justice. None. Mm-mm. No. I mean, bullets whizzing by. The paintballs whizzing by is bad enough, and all that's going to do is hurt when it hits you in the clavicle as you're trying to advance. Yeah. If that's a bullet, you're dead. Yeah, my right arm is off. And my buddy Brandon Rosenthal, he's dead because the first shot hit him movie style. Square in the in Right the in the forehead. Nice. Right in the middle of the forehead. Was he not wearing any protective gear? No, we have the, you have a face mask on, but the helmet had a big splatter right there on the forehead. Nice. So you wear a full that covers your ears and everything. Yeah, yeah, of And course. your mouth and it because you don't want to get hit in the face. Nope. And the second one that Rosenthal got hit with, right in the mouth. Who, who are you guys playing with? Shot him in the mouth. Like these former Navy and there's these, Seals? there's these holes there, right, so you can breathe. And Rose is like, ah, I get hit in the mouth. And he, he pulls up his mask. I got, do I have paint on me? He's got paint in this circle that goes from the bridge of his nose out beyond his lips on either side and then down over his chin. <laughs> He's covered in paint. It's like, just paint my mouth. So they shot him in the head and just to make sure he was dead. They shot him in the face. Yeah, the next round. That's hilarious. So once you get hit, you have to raise your arms yeah. and you walk out and you wait for another round. You go into the scene, you do two rounds, and you come back out. That's hilarious. First two rounds, Rosenthal takes two headshots. So he's not the guy I want uh, when I'm in the foxhole and uh, all hell's breaking loose around me is what you're saying. Then it gets dark, and we're now playing in the dark against a rock, and I'm taking, I'm taking mad fire. I'm taking on fire around this rock. I have not gotten hit, but I'm getting splattered with chunks of rock and paint. Yeah, because right? they're just pelting you. Yeah, there's paint all over me. And he can't see anymore. I can't wipe the glasses. i got no towel. I'm wearing T-shirt and shorts. Oh, Kevin. And a painter's suit. Kevin. They're painter's suit. So I have no padding whatsoever. Next time, I'm wearing at least volleyball knee pads, maybe motocross knee, knee uh, braces, so I can slam my knees on the ground. Yeah. And I'm wearing a lot of padded gear. I'm wearing my chest protector for sure. Who is 562? Because they call him to talk trash about your paintball. Yeah. Put him on. No doubt if your computer worked. 562. Hello, hello? Hello. It's Garthoff. Oh, Matt. Nice. Is this the barbecue update? Will there be paintball at the barbecue? At the barbecue, <laughs> there will there will not be paintball. I'm I'm sorry to say we we do have lots of little kids running around. Perfect. Target, yeah, target, target practice. Target practice. <laughs> they move quick. <laughs> the each one is five <laughs> So Matt, yes, take, yeah, so take their age and uh, that's that's how much they're worth. Exactly. Right. So, Matt, yesterday I saw your video, um, and we just reposted it on the Net Live page of your barbecue update where you uh, use your daughter as the uh, sideline reporter, which I think is brilliant. She's good. Yeah. yeah. So give us a Yeah, I, told, uh, I, I tweeted to uh, Kelly Tennant she better watch out for her job. Nice. 
She's on notice. You are unnoticed, <laughs> Kelly with an eye. In 14 years, she's in a lot of trouble. Yeah. So, Matt, tell us, uh, tell us where we're at with the barbecue. Uh, barbecue plans are moving ahead very, very well. Um, we're sort of halfway between when we started planning and, and when the event's going to take place, which is June 7th, a Saturday. Uh, the match is at 7 p.m. That's the USA-Russia match you guys were talking about. And then uh, we're going to start tailgating around 1 in the afternoon and go all the way through uh, up until match time, maybe maybe strike this stuff around 6.30, everybody get into their costumes and uh, – parade in there and uh, answer Kevin's call for the Southern California fans to actually make a USA match feel like a home match and not like they do in some other places. Not like it will feel in Hoffman Estates against Bulgaria, period, or yeah. at UIC against Serbia. But I guarantee the Bulgies will be out. I don't know about the Serbians, although I'm guessing, my knowledge of the Chicagoland population, it will be tough on the U.S. in those places. Yeah, that's why this that's why this event is so critical because uh, we really need the guys to feel feel the love and feel like they're uh, in the states and that they're getting all the same uh, enthusiasm that their their record and their past accomplishments uh, justify. Matt, did you write it in the budget with USAV, or have you just bitten the bullet and done a little extra graphics work on the side to afford your own triangle hat, or will you rent it for the fifteenth time? <laughs> Uh, so far, I'm renting. Uh, we shall see. We shall see. I may, I may throw that into the budget, uh, depending if I use it all up on advertising or not. <laughs> I can't uh, believe you haven't have... been able to buy that suit yet. I know. I, well, but somebody said I just should have uh, just rented it and never returned it, and whatever the penalty for that was would be less yeah. than <laughs> what I've rented it for. That is correct. Uh, but yeah, between the uh, between the the USA Volleyball Cup coming up and stuff and the World Series and everything else, uh, there are there are plenty of reasons to own this thing. All right, so the guest list, you have an opportunity as a fan to be there to play some volleyball, to tailgate, to eat, to get excited, to cheer on the USA team. But you also have an opportunity to meet some USA Volleyball stars and meet some folks on this guest list who you otherwise would not get to associate with unless, of course, you needed a knee replacement. Then you could meet Phil Etherton. I talked with Phil this last week at my birthday. He, was, he came up and, and hung out at my birthday party on Saturday, and he said that he was going to be there. But who else yeah. besides Olympian Paul, Phil Etherton will be present at the VolBQ? Who is confirmed? Well, I've had a couple uh, of the players in the active roster say that they're going and showing up. I don't know how much time they're going to be able to break away from their routine, but uh, Tony Chirelli and Jeff Menzel, uh, Micah Christensen, Dusty Watton have all uh, said they're coming. Uh, I'm, I'm working hard on your, your old roommate, uh, Jeff Nygaard. He's, uh, he's a local in that neighborhood. It's, our daughters go to school together and uh, working hard on Dane Blanton as well. Um, so we're trying to trying to get those guys to show up. I actually had a just random chance to talk to Misty uh, May this weekend, and uh, she had a really, really good excuse, which was she's probably delivering a baby that day. So I'm going to let her off the hook on that one. Give her a pass. Give her a pass on that one. Whiz. <laughs> yeah. Uh, really? All right. Well, hey, here's what you need to do. If you, if you really want to get Nygaard, you have to guarantee that Doug Beal will not run into Jeff. That you will you will spirit him away if Doug Beal shows up. No, I, I, Nygaard does live there in Long Beach. He he ought to be there. If Nygaard is not there, there's no excuse for that. 
Well, I'm, I'm not sure about that. We're still we're discussing the possibility of, of uh, Doug Beal doing a, a very short intro uh, to our Grand Marshal, who I'm very excited to uh, announce, which is Matt Furbringer, assistant coach of the U.S. team, is going to be our Grand Marshal this year. Last, last, last year we had Sinjin, and this year uh, we're taking the current Manhattan Beach Open champion. So we're very, very excited about that. Awesome. Nice. The Golden God is in charge. Seabiscuit. Yes. For a biscuit. Well, deep, deep, deep ties to Long Beach with the club, and then of course, you know, being both a superstar on the beach and now the assistant coach of the men's team just seemed like the the absolute perfect fit, and I was really happy that he agreed to do it. Awesome. Right on. If people want to buy tickets, I'm sorry, they want to buy tickets. Where are they going this morning to buy tickets, or this afternoon when they're getting this podcast? Mm-hmm. Uh, supportvolleyball.org. Uh, has has everything. That's the USA Volleyball Foundation site, and then uh, you'll see a, a prominent link right there for for Barbecue Three tickets. If you just want information, want to check it out, find out what's involved. If you go to uh, Barbecue Three with that's like three letter eyes at the end of it, uh, we have an event page on Facebook that's got all the information, and we're sort of doing a post a day about a different topic. So one day it'll be about costume contests and the next day it'll be about who's who's coming and uh, food and all that sort of stuff and so we're we're kind of trying to keep everybody engaged all the way up until the event i know a lot of people i've talked to a ton of people who said oh absolutely we're going to be there oh yeah i haven't bought my tickets yet um so i'm really trying to get people to to commit not at the last minute but uh hopefully helping us with the planning uh you know getting those tickets a little bit earlier volby q i i i is where you want to go. Yes. You can go to yeah, the so I think you guys posted the link to it on your page, too. So. Yeah, we'll have links there for sure. Okay, now for those that don't know, Matt Gardhoff did uh, uh, the book that sits across from us right here in the yep. home court, the lovely book there. He also is the current purveyor of spike-town.com, correct? I don't know if you're the mayor or if you want to name somebody else the mayor. You're sort of the landowner of uh, spike-town.com there, Matt. <laughs> And uh, yes. this, is, this is an effort which I both encouraged and tried to discourage you from taking <laughs> both on. Both at the same time. <laughs> We're very happy for you, but I can't believe you're doing this. <laughs> right. So give, us, give folks a little information on Spike Town and, and it's, it's coming into being and what you're hoping to accomplish with it and why people ought to, and I, I'll tell you right now, you ought to go check it out. Uh, well, thank you. Yes, uh, basically, you know, this is this is something. I mean, it's, it's very similar to what you guys are doing with the radio show, only online. Um, and the idea is to try and be a one-stop shop for covering the sport at, at all of the at least uh, college and above uh, levels. Uh, and you know, it's it's a bit of I keep calling it a, an experiment at this point. I. I I have a grand vision for what I eventually want it uh, to be that requires way more money and time than even I have. Um, time, that is. Um, but <laughs> I think, yeah, don't have that much money. But it, really what I want to do is, um, you know, the, the way the kind of the, the web works these days is uh, you just start doing what you can do with what you have and then seeing if you can kind of listen to your audience and react and, and continue to just build and, and change things uh, to make it more and more relevant uh, to the people you want to talk to. And I think that's, uh, that's sort of my goal. We're sort of in the early stages of it. And uh, I think it, it's actually sort of exceeding some of my expectations for, for how early in the process we are. 
but I think the the most important or feature to me and, and the thing that made me want to do it was I found uh, uh, the the theme, the WordPress theme that we're using, uh, the, the look and feel of it has a scoreboard uh, at the top, uh, sort of an ESPN style, um, you know, ticker type scoreboard. And, uh, you know, being one of these volleyball fans who has to go all over the web and in some cases seven, eight, nine clicks deep on certain sites to try and find a score. And it's just, it's a really frustrating process. So uh, what I've done is tried to bring a whole bunch of different uh, volunteers together, many many from your show, uh, and basically tried to have everybody take a little section. So one person has AVP men and one person has, uh, you know, NVL women and so on and so forth. And so as a result, what we get is uh, a as close to real time as our schedules allow uh, scoreboard. So usually within, you know, a couple hours or, or at least 24 hours, we've got all the current scores for, for the major tours. And we're trying to add more, and I'm talking to talking to folks at EVP right now to, to get their stuff up there and hopefully if we demonstrate that this can work, we can we can add from there. Right on. With the five or six clicks deep, we're not talking about any website in particular, but it might rhyme with uh BB. It might be <laughs> close to that. Yeah, uh, if, yeah. If you don't if you don't if you don't know the difference between an open and a grand slam and you know, you're you're gonna have a hard time navigating that site. Crazy. And then just the list of how people finished is something, I don't know who put it together. I don't know what language it was originally in. They had to translate it from. I don't know if it's Sanskrit or what they're, they're pulling it over from, but it is not making much sense to the average person. Uh, yeah. com. you want to get over and check it out. And if you want to be at the Volbecue June 7th, that's a Saturday, 1 to 7 p.m. in Long Beach. And I like Long Beach because it is a pretty easy destination for most people. All freeways end in Long Beach, more or less. The pyramid is visible from the 405 South, and it is not hard to get to. Get down there early, party all day, eat some food, meet some famous people. Thank Matt for his efforts on behalf of volleyball and behalf of this show. And go to supportvolleyball.org right now. Get your tickets and be a part of it. Go to spike-town.com constantly and check out new information and updates about the world of volleyball. Matt, thanks for calling in. Thank you very much. You guys have a great rest of the show. You thanks, Gardhoff. Thanks. All right, Matt Gardhoff, okay. uh, continuing his efforts on the part of volleyball. We need more individuals like that. I, like, I know a lot of people that are crazy about volleyball, but I don't know so many people that are crazy about volleyball and crazy talented like Matt Gardhoff is. So I uh, definitely appreciate his role for our show, but also just for the broader world of volleyball and his passion for the sport. Those that have listened to this program for a while have heard from Matt several times or heard about Matt several times. But also needs to be pointed out, too, that um, I think the cutoff to buy tickets is May 30th. So figure it out. Yeah, because trust me, everybody's like, yeah, yeah, I'll be there. And, like, I know they have every intention to be there. And then all of a sudden they'll be like, oh, I haven't got my tickets yet because us in Southern California like to take our time with things like that. You put it on your calendar. Oh, I need tickets? Yes, you need tickets to this event. The barbecue is $25 value, first of all. Let's talk about that. You get all the things Matt talked about. You get free swag. You get... DJ Rusha music. You get my music, of course, and you get that includes your ticket to the game. Twenty-five bucks. Bring the kids. Bring your spouses. Bring your friends. Bring your friends' kids. Don't bring the dog. Yeah, dogs not. Bring everybody else. Yeah. Um, But I know Matt sold a little bit over half of the tickets to this, so uh, all those people who are waiting, 
Now's your time. Keep it going. Keep yeah. it going. It will be fun. It's not something we're just asking you to do because it would be a good thing to do. We're asking you to do it because you'll have a good time. Well, here's the thing. Like, this event will be sold out. I know it will be. This is Matt's third time doing this. The first year it was bigger. First year did it. I think he served you hot dogs that year. Second year they got bigger. This year USAV is involved with the barbecue. It's now probably going to be double the size it was last year. I mean, it's, it's a really good event. You get to greet the U.S. team when they show up. Absolutely. You get to cheer the U.S. team on against Russia inside the pyramid. It is going to be a great night of volleyball and a great day of volleyball. So get yourself up at 8 o'clock. Get your honeydews done. Get your family together and start headed to Long Beach. Give yourself time to get there, to arrive, to enjoy, and be a part of the barbecue. Barbecue 3, that's barbecue III. And you can check it out, supportvolleyball.org. Go and buy your tickets. And, of course, support Matt's effort on spiketown.com, spike-town.com. We've had some links to that up on our website as well. We're going to take a short break here on the NetLive. But first, I want to make sure we thank supporters of this show. 6-8 Clothing Company has come on board with us this year. This is clothing for the tall and athletic man. No longer do you have to settle for style or proper fit. This gives you both. And anyone who has a tall man in their life, be it a spouse, brother, anyone tall and male, six foot six and up. I know it says six eight, but it's six foot six and up. I'm wearing the jeans right now, and I am happy with the fit and the look. I wore it on my birthday. I looked good right up to the point where I jumped into the pool, all fully clothed. Well, actually, did you get any for your birthday? Any six eight? I already own the entire had, yeah. run of it. Yeah. yeah, I actually did take off my six eight stuff and went in in my free gun. Patriotic underwear. Nice. I jumped in in those. That's how the party ended. It was solid. But you want to make sure you go to 68clothingcompany.com. That's the word six, the number eight, clothingcompany.com. They're also available on amazon.com, and they're doing the little things for big people. It's important. Jeans get a little bit longer. They have XLT. They have XLXT. It's extra tall for those that are really oversized at a certain part, either shirt or your, your legs. Consider things like the size of the pocket, man. Mm-hmm. Size of the pocket matters. I've got a big old meat hook attached to the end of my arm. It needs somewhere to fit. They have wider and better, deeper pockets for large hands. You will not get your hands stuck in your pocket, Homer Simpson style with 6-8. 6-8clothingcompany.com. Go and check it out. We're going to be right back here on the Net, Net Live. We still have Jake Spiker Gibb coming up. We also have some Destiny Hooker information and drama and some questions about that and the way it's played out, for those that don't know, and we will give it a look. I hope you know that look in my eyes. Hey, 
on purpose. Nope. You're playing music that I couldn't possibly have a clue about. No, you wouldn't. Yes. Well, that's basically every that's, song. That's what you come in here. That's basically every song I play, Kevin. No, it's not true. It really is true. Not true. That was Pharrell, by the way, in case you're wondering. Okay. So he sings Happy. He sings uh, Get Lucky with Daft Punk. Mm-hmm. Right? And now he sings whatever that's called. Hunter. Did he wear his hat in this one? I'm sure he did. It's off his new album. The hat's awful. <laughs> the hat is stupid. Even though it's... It is, uh, what I'm looking for here, it is paying homage to some of the uh, 80s rapper style. There's a specific person he's paying homage to, but that's still awful. Wait a minute. I thought he was paying homage to park rangers in the United States. Yes, that and the Arby's logo. Okay. <laughs> the Arby's logo. <laughs> oh, boy. I love it. You know what's not stupid? It's not stupid to have a rematch of the 2008 and 2012 gold medal final. In the Olympic Games, on yep. the women's side of the, of the indoor game. The USA Volleyball Cup is going to be July 5th, July 6th, and July 11 and 12 here in the United States. It's going to happen at the Bren Center in Irvine, uh-huh. July 5th. July 6th at the Galen Center. Uh-huh. Then July 11th and 12th at Stan Sheriff in Honolulu. Guess which one of those I want to attend. Um, I would like to go to that one as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'll even go to both. I'll even go both nights. Just get me out there. Yeah. USA Volleyball Cup. United States women versus Brazil. First time Brazil has been in the U.S. since 2009. Go to these. Oh, look at this summer we've got lined up for you. Yeah, you're welcome. Look at this. We just had Colorado, but if you're in Southern California, this is your summer. June 6th and 7th, World League at Long Beach. The Volbecue on the 7th, taking you all day through a day of volleyball mayhem, food, fun, and fanaticism. Then, the beginning of the next month, just 30 days later, you've just recovered from your volleyball high in the beginning of June. You get to go July 5th and 6th to the Bren on the campus of UC Irvine or the Galen Center on the campus of USC. Or if you are lucky enough, fortunate enough to live in paradise or get a ticket, have enough miles to put yourself in paradise the 11th and 12th of July, you can go to Stan Sheriff 
and enjoy two matches there. If you're a foreign team, you know you're pumped when you make that squad that says, yeah, we're going to Southern California. You're like, okay, fine. Great. I like that. Mm-hmm. Then it says the second half of the tour is going to be in Hawaii. Hell yes. I'm in. Hell yes. Sign me up for some plumeria. Put it around my neck and let's go to the islands. Don't get sunburned if you're on those teams. Don't get sunburned. Coaches don't like that. But check it out. This is a rematch, 2008 and 2012, United States versus Brazil. And here we go again. Four friendly matches happening in the beginning of July. Get yourself out to those matches. Be a part of cheering on the United States women. You'll get to see the real roster at that point. You'll get to see the senior team, the stars. And there's a team that is in flux. We talk about the talent. The question is, who out of all these fantastic women is going to rise to the top and be a part of that Rio team? And you know you want to make the Rio Olympics in volleyball. Indoor or beach, off the hook. Off the hook. Off the chain, off the charts. It's not on anything. Unchained. Uncharted territory. It's not even on a map. It's going to be unbelievable. Be, Rio be there is what you're saying. and volleyball. <laughs> Don't be afraid to pack heat, maybe, if you're out in the city. <laughs> Hearing some bad things about Rio and whether they're ready. It does not look good. Don't we hear that all the time? Every time. Every well, time. the last few times. When they started holding Olympics in places that are basically third world countries, not saying Rio is that bad, but let's be honest. Sochi, Athens. These are not the places known for their organization and availability, facilities. However, the Olympics is so big. Those that went to Atlanta remember the traffic. I was there. <laughs> it was not good. Nope. And I would give I would give Australia a good grade. I was there. Okay. As a player. All right. Terrible tournament for us, but I, I would give them a really good grade. Fantastic atmosphere, great people. Greece, for all the questions, the air conditioning worked. The venues were available. The transportation was fantastic. We got to and from our event. It all, from, from my perspective as a player, went smooth. Okay. Thank you, Greece. Nice yep. job. Well done. Beijing, they may have shut down all the factories, cleared out half the people, took, burned down a bunch of shacks. I don't know what they did, Yep. but it worked. I don't know what happened the day after, and I've heard that the bird's nest, the icon, the center, the Olympic Stadium, is a complete dirtbag hotel now. Love Not it. a hotel, but just a dirtbag place. I was going to use something else. Started with S, ended with hole, but that's what I've heard. Haven't been there, but I've heard it's not good. And now London. Yep. Horrific traffic. Thankfully, I did not have to fight it very often. But you can't go wrong in that kind of city. The vibe in the city, the way it was living and breathing, and our event and the events I went to were living and breathing, that was a huge success. I think Rio's going to have that. And there's always going to be bad traffic. Everywhere. Yeah. There's just too many people. Now, there's degrees of bad traffic. True. London would probably be a top list. And Beijing would have won had they not grounded half the cars and <laughs> put half the people in jail. I don't know what happened there, but whatever they did, it worked. It made it at least tolerable. We're going to have Jake Spiker give here in a few minutes. Yep. But let's give a little preview 
a brief preview, NVL starting May 22nd in Dallas. Six-event season, Atlanta, Cincy, Milwaukee, Hermosa, Port St. Louis. Milwaukee. In Florida. They're doing a Saturday Night Lights format now. $25,000 up for grabs. Priscilla Lima will be there. Mm-hmm. She is hosting a clinic on Sunday. That would be May 23rd, I believe. Something like that. In Dallas. One of the things I found interesting is that the NVL is maintaining a pro element. Yes. I didn't think that they could really sustain a quote. Well, maybe they can sustain a quote pro, but not a pro in boldness. Yeah. Element. I liked their shift was to a lot of juniors programming. And the pro element is creating what we've heard are AVP bands for yeah. players that participate. There are some players that have played in NBL events that wanted to play in AVP events, and they are not allowed to. Yes. Per the contract they signed with both entities. So the AVP is kind of sucking up the top echelon. That's their idea. Yep. We'll see what NBL does with, it, with their six events, but the first one happening in Dallas. And what was the prize money? I heard 25000 for okay. Saturday Night Lights. Okay. AVP, seven events. And congratulations, AVP. If I put you into Google search, Alien vs. Predator no longer beats you. Perfect. <laughs> Which it used to. Yeah. So Alien vs. Predator pushed to at least the second hit. AVP, going to get started May 30th to June 1st in St. Pete, Florida. Then it's Milwaukee. Salt Lake City makes a return. Yep. I was just there. Manhattan Beach, Cincy, Atlantic City, and Huntington Beach. Yep. PE redid their website. Bunch of squares now. Looks better. They have rankings of all the players. I like all the pictures of the players. Uh-huh. They rank them all, AVP rankings. And you, were, uh, you made a comment about one of the uh, team's rankings. Adrian Carambula. Correct. Skyball. Awesome. Everybody loves it. Saw him in a tournament in Chicago, I believe. Three years ago? Uh-huh. Two years ago, maybe? Never took his shirt off. There were some balls that were hit. He just went, I can't get it. Not going to get there. I'm just going to stand here. Yep. Save my energy. Not, I was not impressed, let's say. Which tournament did you see? Chicago. Okay. He's in the finals. All right. I just wasn't impressed. Mm-hmm. Karambula, ranked eighth. Who's ranked ninth? This is, a, this is a trick question, by the way. Or at least I felt it was a setup. Who's ranked ninth? Someone on the chat board? Anyone? Ninth? Just take a stab at it. AVP, ninth ranked team on the men's side. They didn't combine men's and women's. This is the ninth ranked team on the men's side. Where are you seeing this, by the way? Because now I'm Click on players. It. Yeah. Players. Scroll down. Boom. Find the picture. Fabulous headshots of everybody, by the way. Yeah, looks good. And scroll over their name. Interesting. And I wondered, if was that a ranking or a number listing or what it was? And then I clicked on it. It actually says ranked ninth. Huh. Phil and Rosie, ranked ninth. Gardhoff said, Gardhoff Rouché. I wish we were ranked ninth. Matt. You guys would be ranked seventh, I think. Yeah. Right above Karambula. Yep. Ranked ninth, Phil and Rosie. Yep. Really? Mm-hmm. Serious? Apparently. All right. Well, maybe that will change. Hey, here's another quiz question for you. Don't look. They have a stats page on there, which is cool. Yep. Blocks leader, 2013, AVP. What else was Kerr as number four, yes. and then April as number one? Yes. It's team points from past, because right. 
Yeah. We haven't started the season yet. Correct. It's just odd. I think it's kind of funny. And tell me your question again. Block leader? Block leader, 2013. Don't look it up. <sighs> Can I get a multiple? Because you have to have Phil in there. Try, Theo, Jake Spiker, Gibb. That would be my guess, would be Jake Spiker, Gibb. No. Block leader. No. Did I mention that person's name and the four people I just... It's not Phil. It's not Philip. You did mention It's Theo. That's correct. Yeah. Theo did a lot in the words of Dustin Abal, and if you can picture me putting my hands above my head like I'm blocking, did a lot up here. <laughs> That's what Dustin Abal said. He does a lot up here. Up here. Yes. That would be with his hands above the net, was what Dustin was referring to. Good job, Theo. Hope you have another good year. Theo playing with Todd this year. Todd just keeps picking him up, doesn't he? Yep. We had another trivia question, and we'll, maybe we'll, we'll see if we can answer this one after we have our Jake Spiker Gibb interview. But you can chew on it a little bit there on the chat board, or you can chew on it in your car. Uh, just don't spit it out. Make sure you put it in a receptacle, not just on the street for someone to step on. Name four bald coaches. Bald or balding? Bald. Like complete bald. Now, they now it can it, be like they shave, they shave it, yeah. it like a yeah. going, so I'm just going to shave it. Yeah. So I just need to name four. Yes. I can name three quite quickly. And this is beach? Or we're no. just talking in general? No. Beach coaches don't count. Nobody even knows who they are. Men and women? I know who, I know who Rich Lamborn is. but Yeah. And but no one really knows coaching. the coaches in that sport. In the beach. You don't necessarily know who coaches who. We happen to hear things. But if you're a fan coming in, you probably know a head coach for a national team. You, or a head coach for a collegiate team. Yeah. You probably know that name if you're a pretty decent fan. Mm-hmm. Even if you're a pretty decent fan of some of these beach teams, you probably don't know who coaches them, or if that, that they even have a coach in some cases. Yep. I have three right away. Bald coaches. Bald coaches. Fourth one's going to be a problem. Just name four bald coaches. Uh, on the men's side, we have Spra. Okay. We were going to do this after, but do we not have Jake yet? No, he's not. Not here yet. But he'll okay. be there. Reed Pretty wants to know for live streaming right now. That was the, the little thing that just came zooming in. Yes, Reed, we're on on Mondays. Yes. Um, and Jake Spiker gave, is now in the queue. We can go right okay. to it. Let's him. go to him. Yes. He gave you John Sprock. Yep. Come up with three more. Does Brandon Rosenthal counter since he's not D1? <laughs> I'm just asking. It's a legitimate question, Kevin. It's a good one. That, that should have been my fourth one. Right? He counts. Are right? you doing this intro? No, I don't do interest. What? I do music for interest. Well, I don't even have the bio up here. I don't have All the bio memorized. All you have memorized. to say, he's from Bountiful, Utah, where I just was, by the way. Number one ranked team. The once excommunicated and now brought back into the fold, Jeremy Roche was just yes. in Bountiful, Utah, <laughs> where we hope he paid homage, where we hope he knelt at the feet of the bronze 16-foot statue of Jake Spiker Gibb that is outside City Hall because he needed to pay homage to this man who's done it in a strange way. It doesn't matter how you get there. It just matters that you arrive, and this man has arrived. He and his partner, Casey Patterson, have been nothing short of spectacular in their 18 months together, and now they're about to get underway here in another season domestic action coming up international continuing welcome back to the net live jake spiker gibbs <laughs> what's up boys so yeah, six feet the official Listen, height Roche, you may, may not be welcome into the fold but you're welcome into my fold bud thanks <laughs> thanks bud i appreciate that i like that i just had a plain strange <laughs> that's such a good call 
<laughs> you went back to Battlefield and tried to get back in, but just they didn't want you. It's tough. Um, mohawk earrings, tattoos, facial hair. With a Coke in your hand. I did, not, I did not have a Coke. Hey, have, you seen my, have you seen my partner? Yes. You know what? But he doesn't have any tattoos like I have and or earrings. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> What's up, guys? Well, hey, Jake, thanks for joining us. Thanks for taking some time out. We know you're busy prepping for the season, but you guys have already been underway here with, with FIVB. Give the fans that don't know uh, a little bit of a, a primer on what's happened so far here in 14 for you guys. Sure. Uh, we had one event, um, I guess, two weeks ago in Shanghai. Uh, we took a fifth. The Italians won. Um, Nikolai and Lupo, that's the team that uh, maybe everyone saw in the Olympics, played uh beat Phil and uh, Todd in the Olympics, a young team. They're really good up-and-comers and getting better, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a bummer. <laughs> but, yeah, we just had we had that one event, and now we're getting ready for the rest of the season. So Casey and I will play in every Grand Slam on the FIVB Tour, and we will play in the uh, seven AVP tournaments. So, yeah, 17 events on a year, and it starts to get busy. I guess next week we go to Florida AVP. St. Pete, and uh, trying to defend our title there. Now, Jake, now, even though 2014 has already started for you and you guys have a year under your belt together as a team, what are your goals and expectations this year with Casey? Uh, yeah, uh, well, we have a whole list of goals. That's uh, Tyler Hildebrand's doing. We've got a little uh, folder of uh, goals and mission statements and all that good stuff. So uh, we just want to get better, though. You know, if if I'm going to go real general, um, we've been working a ton on our defense, our block and D, because we've kind of just – I think we've kind of just been known as a team that sides out and and we'll score points every once in a while, right? That's kind of our our strong point is just siding out. And uh, so we feel like if we can tighten up our D and just get a few more points that way, we'll we'll be real tough. So we spent, you know, we spent four months on Block and D, and uh, and we did it so much that now we're we're like, oh boy, we better get back to our our uh, our go-to of sighting out. So now we've been you know tightening that back up. But yeah, we spent a lot of time on Block and D. Now, how do you guys go about choosing the events? Why the Grand Slams, ten FIVBs, seven AVPs? What did that decision process look like in trying to lay out a summer? Sure. Uh, a lot of things. Money is a big factor. The Grand Slams this year are 800000 to a $1 million per per tournament. So, you know, a big, uh, big increase for for money. You know, I think first place is around sixty grand, and almost seventy five, eighty up to at the hundred grand uh, tournaments, which is like Long Beach. That's a million dollar tournament. Um, so there's, you know, there's a lot of money on the FIVB, and those are in the Grand Slams. Well, the Opens, on the other hand, have gone the other way. They Mm. They have very little money, but they have points, and so those are that's important for for um, some people. So, so uh, a lot of players go and play those. But for us, we just stuck with the Grand Slam, and the AVP is our baby. You know, we want that to we want that to grow and and uh, be what we play mainly on because it's what we love. Yeah, with the AVP, how has the the contract situation and their scheduling and everything, how has that gelled with, with what people want to accomplish internationally, and how do you feel those two organizations are getting along? I, well, 
I don't know what the relationship is, but I know what uh, Donaldson and the AVP has done trying to work around the FIVB. And I think that's I think that was kind of the problem, in my opinion, with the old, you know, Leonard Armato uh, run AVP, where where Leonard wanted to rule the world and and kind of combat with the FIVB. And you know, this is my opinion. Maybe I'm totally wrong, wrong on that, but uh, I think Donald is working better with him. You know, he's, he's moving his tournaments around the FIVB events. You know, he even had one scheduled against Moscow Grand Slam. It was in Salt Lake, and they changed that, uh, moved it to August, just so you know we didn't have to choose. Well. Now there's one conflict in uh, Huntington Beach, the, the Sao Paulo uh, event, it's a Grand Slam, uh, is the same weekend because they canceled the event from April and moved it back to the same weekend as our Huntington Beach event. So I don't know what the AVP is going to do on that, if they're going to you know, move their event or if we're going to have to choose between the two. But outside of that, nothing conflicts. No Grand Slams and no AVP events, just one event. So it's pretty pretty awesome for us. One of the things we've kind of followed here over the last few years with the ups and downs of Beach is the sponsorship situation for different players. You and Casey coming off a fantastic year. Who's really stepped up for you guys on the sponsorship side? Mizuno. Uh, Mizuno has been awesome. Um, you know, I've had a long-standing relationship with Wilson, and they've been great to me. But um, Mizuno is the one that, that uh, you know, they're just developing – board shorts and have, uh, you know, a real volleyball-specific board short that's, that's sick, and they're supporting um, Beach National Team, and more specifically, they're sponsoring Casey and I as a team. So they've uh, really stepped up, and they've been, I mean, really amazing. They just want to see the sport grow and, and uh, do whatever to, uh, they can do to help. So it, it's pretty exciting to have them on board because, you know, we've missed out on a bunch of sponsors. Uh, you know, once Speedo left, you know, I had Speedo as a – as a uh, deal for, I think, five, five years from 20, two, 2005 through 2009. Um, you know, once them and Nautica, I don't know if you remember back in the day, Roche, when yep. those yep. two were the, oh, yeah. they were kind of the big sponsors. They would grab a hold of, I remember Lambo had Nautica, um, me and Phil had, had Speedo, Carrie had Speedo, I think Misty had Nautica. Anyway, those two kind of set a high bar. And then there were other sponsors that came along, and they had to kind of, you know, follow suit. They're like, okay, maybe we can't get the top dogs, but we still got to pay out money to get these players. Well, that all went away, and I think it's coming back with uh, companies like um, Mizuno. So it's uh, it's pretty exciting to see. Are we seeing any non-endemic sponsor interest? Uh, I don't know what a non-endemic sponsor is. Kevin throwing out big words during the interview. Well, Mizuno would be an endemic volleyball company. I'm talking about, you used to see the 1-800-Collect, Outdoor Products, Cliff Bar, those oh. kinds of things. Uh, kind of associated things that may have a marketplace small hook within volleyball, but aren't a volleyball-specific company. Oh, gotcha. Um, hmm, yeah, I don't know. I'm not on that side of it, to be honest with you. I just know my own personal sponsors. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I just wondered if you had seen any I, of that. I know that just, Smart, just smart, I know that smart Car came on. I don't know if Smart Car would be non-endemic, yeah. Yeah. but they, uh, they they came on board last year for the Huntington event, and I hope they're. I haven't heard any big announcements, so but you know I hope they want to stick around and and play ball with us. So that's what I've heard. 
Hey, how about USAV relations? And you mentioned the Beach National team, the development of that. Of course, Dave Williams passing away about a year ago. We lost him, and there's been some upheaval there with who's going to be in charge and, of course, the meetings that went on and the State of the Beach report and so on. From your standpoint, speaking for yourself, how have you seen things change? Are they going positively or negatively as far as overall direction? Oh, uh, they've been – USA Volleyball has been amazing. Um, I mean, really, really stepped up. Now, having said that, there's still room to go, a lot of room to go. You know, a lot of improvements need to be made. But, you know, when I first started um, traveling on the world tour in 2005 with Stein Metzger, I, uh, we had zero funding, zero support from USA Volleyball. So literally what they would do is sign us up for events. We would send in an email and say, hey, we want to go to this event. And they would sign us up for that event. And that's where our support ended. So... To go from there to where we are now, where we have, you know, we have, um, uh, yeah, hey there. sorry, I had an interruption there, sorry about that. Um, uh, and I lost my train. <laughs> Did you need what was I talking about, Roche? Yeah. Sorry, I just got I interrupted like, and I apologize. USAV, they've been better, you're talking about Oh, USAV, they- yeah. Yeah, they've stepped up in a lot of ways, you know, they... They now give us uh, financial support. They give us coach support. They give us uh, travel. Um, you know, financially, they stepped up huge for us. So it's, they, they've done – Yeah, and, you know, they also give us uh, PT and chiropractic support with a, a program called PT to go program. And, and um, yeah, I don't think they've gotten their due, USA Volleyball, but they, they've uh, – I think Doug Beal deserves a – uh, a pat on the back after being, you know, kind of uh, portrayed as as a non-beach guy. I think he's he's. Uh, I don't know if he's come around or at least we've viewed him as coming around and and supported us uh, quite a bit more now. So we're. Uh, I I think I speak for most of the guys that we're we feel very appreciative. All right. So should I give Doug Beal that pat on the back when I see him on Wednesday? <laughs> sure, you can, and then, but but make sure he knows we need more support too. <laughs> Here's what, I'll do. Here's what I'll do. Good job so far. Still need help. I'll go double pat, and then I'll grab him by the trap, and I'll tell him, listen. So I've got my arm around him, right? I'm on Doug Beal's left-hand side. I've got a hold of his right trapezius muscle, and I'm telling yeah. him, Doug, you're not there yet. You still need to make it happen, and then I'll pull him in tight, and I'll just grip him and tell him, make it happen. So is that kind of what you're looking for? How about, yeah, yeah, grab him by the trap, and then maybe a little, you know, congratulate him and then like grab his ear and ear tweak and say, but yeah. listen, <laughs> this is what you the guys need. Good. <laughs> yeah. I like Jake, it. You talked about, you talked about how USAB helps with your coaches and stuff. And we know that, uh, Tyler Hillebrand is one of your coaches. And, uh, now Rich is a full-time coach for you guys too, is what I hear. Is that correct? Rich Ramborn. Uh, talk a little bit awesome. about what they, talk about a little bit what they bring to the table for you guys. Besides wit and humor, well, dry yeah. humor. And muscles. Yeah. <laughs> Planking um, for days. <laughs> the fittest uh, coaching combo on the planet, first of all. That's <laughs> what they bring to our squad. Um, they're awesome. It's, it's, it's been, you know, I'm excited to just see how it goes from here, but in the offseason it's been awesome to have them both. Um, obviously they're, they're both coaching the girls too, so we felt like we needed a little more help, cause, help because Tyler – uh, wanted to take on a girls team that he took on Summer Ross and, and Emily Day. And um, 
you know, to split his time between two teams at events. You know, sometimes we play at the same time, and it just gets a little sticky. So uh, bringing Rich on board was was huge for us. Um, yeah, Rich is a yeah he's he's done I mean an amazing job just kind of you know sticking to what his his strengths are, which is you know he made a living passing and playing defense, and uh, those are big things that we worked on this this off season. So he's been um, real instrumental in in, uh, in tightening that that part of our game up. Now, is he going to travel with you internationally as well? Yeah, he is. Okay. Jake, what else is going on besides volleyball? We know you're prepping for that. What, what do you like to do to get away? We understand you play some golf. We've had, I think, I, I recall Reed pretty mentioning a golf tournament. Oof. That's I'm still not in a place to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure if we had Reed on it would be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That was real tough. Reed played a lot better than I would have liked to have seen him play. He was coming in with a 15 handicap and played to about an eight. And uh, it was really disappointing. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I love to to play golf. uh, Get out with Coach Hildebrand, Rich, and the the crew. And, you know, we have a good time. It's just a good release for me more than anything. But, yeah, just, you know, my life's pretty boring, man. It's just dedicated to volleyball right now. Keep this, uh, keep what I love going as long as I can. If people want to see you train during the week, where are you typically working out? Huntington Beach, Monday through Friday, uh, just south side of the pier. And you're happy to have I'm, fans I'm here. Combined. I'm here right now, actually. <laughs> you have to have, have fans come by and hug you in between practice sets? <laughs> we'll take whatever <laughs> we can get, man. Um, I love that Jeremy just said practice. Practice. Keep it yeah, up, that's, Jeremy. That was for you, Kevin. Keep it up. Practice. Are we talking no. practice? Yeah, exactly. Um, I still hear Casey talking about peer bouncing all the time. I have yet to see footage of this, so I will not believe it until I actually see it. Casey, he likes to pick the things that he's really good at. He can, like, he can, like, three-quarter top spin a ball, and it, like, catches a pocket and just bounces up to the pier. It, Pretty amazing. I've seen a few guys be able to do that. One was Adam Jewell, like huge yep. fine pocket yep. and bounce up to the pier. Uh, that's what Casey does. So, yeah, he likes to talk his pier bouncing trash because he's actually pretty good at it. I'm still going to need to see footage at some point or just come down for practice. If there's a You're player not fully who, buying in. <laughs> if there's a player who could have pier bounced on a flat groomed sand surface, who would it have been? Flat groomed? Flat groomed. So no hot pocket. No, you're not catching the hot pocket. Ooh, um, I have mind. You have a, you have your thought. Let me think about that. You got to throw Rosie in there a little bit, don't you think? Maybe. Well, not here, not this pier, because Rosie he... Rosie hits straight down, and for this one, you need to hit about three quarters deep into the court. You know, about about twenty feet deep, gotcha. and then. And then kind of get to the pier. So he wasn't um, a deep hitter. I would I'd go back to my guy Adam Jewell. Maybe the, the best best arm swing in in beach volleyball history. Guy would just crazy lefty at El Camino. Just, yep. He was he was a stud, and he would just hit a hard deep ball. Um, only guy that maybe hit harder but never got a bounce was Kenyon Seaman. That guy would just <laughs> never bring thunder, but it was just it would just it would catch the opposite of a pocket and just. 
worm burn across the, the <laughs> beach. Uh, <laughs> the, the only man able to spike a volleyball into a pure roll. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Actually, he and Chad Mowry are the two guys that come to mind that just would, the ball would never come off the ground. For, and Chad, you are are, pulling I don't out know Chad Boom Boom Mallory? Chad Boom You're Boom Mallory? You're pulling out like boom, the boom. old-time South Bay unknown guys, Adam Jewell and Chad Mowry. I love it. Two Nobody's going to get that reference. That's so Do you have anyone else off an El Camino roster? That's what I want to know. <laughs> My goodness. Are we going to go all the way back to like uh, Ashenfelter? Mike Ashenfelter or something? My goodness. Uh, yeah, who's, right. who's your guy? I was thinking Jay Ring. I was going to pick Jay uh, Ring. He's a straight down hitter, though, too. He would yeah, and that's, yeah that's he's a straight down that. guy, though. Yeah, like, that's, would be, once you said that, I thought my guy was out. Yeah, it depends what pier we're talking about. But yeah. Huntington pier, you need a, a real specific kind of swing. <laughs> I've seen Lambeau tee off on a few. He didn't get served yeah, a lot, a but call. I've seen him Ooh, Lambeau's a good call. You might call. be able to do that. Lambeau, would hit, Lambeau yeah. hit a heavy ball. Those few years yeah. when he was playing with Karch, when he was just unservable. Yep. He was pretty scary. I think one of my favorite stories, Jake, it was you and Adam Jewell, and I can't remember what tournament we're in, but you, oh, let's see, Adam, you smash the ball off Lambeau's face, and then Adam goes back to serve, and for some reason serves Lambeau, and Lambeau hit the ball harder than I've ever seen anybody hit in my entire life, and I, from the DJ booth, yelled out loud, why did you serve him? <laughs> I'm supposed to be fine, but I was, I, I was curious. Yeah, are you talking about the one where he smashed it off my face into the second tier of the crowd? Maybe that's what it was. And maybe, yeah. I, I don't know. That, it was stadium face. court. It was stadium court. I, that was the hardest I've ever been hit. I actually had to sit down and take a timeout. You're like, like it actually to... knocked. It actually, you know, you take balls off the face, and the worst you get is, you know, the, the sunglasses push into, your, into yeah. your forehead and get scraped or cut a little bit. Well, this one actually, the impact, like, like, jolted my neck back, <laughs> and, you know, you get a little stinger in the back of your neck, Lambo just teed off, and the ball, like, hit my, just wrapped around my face and spun into the second deck of the stadium court. That's got to be in, the one you're talking about. Were we in uh, Austin, Texas for that? I can't remember. All stadium courts look alike to me now. Maybe. I know it wasn't a Cali event. That's all I, they all blend together. <laughs> yeah, they do. Well, they all look alike but, to me, so it blends together. Yeah, Lambert got yeah, me. It was a, yeah, we we had to call it. You know, you usually like to try and just shake it off and act like, nah, you know, ain't nothing. Right. But it was it was take a seat, take a breather. What just happened to me? I just got throttled, just crushed. I still remember. It's in practice. I can see it now. I envision it. Lambert hitting on the right. I'm playing right back defense, and the ball was at an upward trajectory. He did not get over the top of it. <laughs> it was it was spinning underneath and came right up and hit me like an uppercut. In the right back, and that that just crushed me. Yeah, take yeah, take a timeout. Uh, yeah, maybe that really hurt. It really, I felt awful. If you could have combined, could have like harnessed some angry Barnett from that era and put it in Lambert each match, he'd have been player of the century. Because <laughs> he's just too mellow sometimes. He's, he's just like, too nice. As awesome as Bert was, he's just too mellow. And you, you, like you say, it's funny. You say you hit him in the face, and all of a sudden he comes back and he wallops the ball. Wallop like, the ball, Mike. How about every time, please? Well, he never got served on the beach, so he can yeah. play tee off. All right. That's funny because I don't see. I see Mike as being a nice guy, but he was. He, in my mind, he was the ultimate competitor. I mean, he was. He was. I think if he doesn't get injured, he. You know, he. I think you're exactly right. He. He maybe is. You know. Well, it's tough to say that 
that ever with Phil in the in the ball game. But he's you know maybe the player of the century. He he was such an amazing talent and yeah. Uh, it's it's a shame that we don't get to see him play anymore. He, I mean, even compete against him was amazing. He was he was special. I feel like the fans got gypped on seeing what he is full potential on the beach could have been. For yeah. sure, yeah. yeah, a lot of players. and all because yep. of an elect uh, because of an elective surgery. You know, like, it was just unfortunate. It was it's too bad. Jake Spiker Gibb, thanks very much for joining us, spending some of your day with us. Our listeners are the better for it. You can be seen May 30th through June 1st in St. Pete, Florida, first domestic event of the year. Looking forward to it. I know the people in Florida are getting a treat. Thanks, man. Cool, guys. Have a good day. Thanks, Jake. All right. Jake Gibb, checking out from the sands of Huntington Beach. Right after where practice. Where he just call. watched Casey go pier. Yep. And we have another guy now. We do have another guy. We talked about the indoor national team early on in this show. It's like we put the vibe out there. We did. His ears are burning. Yep. He's a gold medalist. Yep. He's six foot ten. Mm-hmm. All of it. And his name is Sean Rooney. Wheaton, Illinois' own Sean Rooney. Best player to come out of the Chicagoland area, bar none. Sean. Is he there? Hold on. That was Reed. I hit the wrong button. <laughs> Sorry, Reed, you're back on me. All right, hold on. We How about will, now? How about we will go back to Sean. Sean? Hello? There we yes. Go. There we go. What's up? What's, What's up, guys? Up? Hey. Uh, How you I doing? Was, um, we're good. I was mentioning it earlier, and I was wondering, you know, I, I'd have to look behind me here in the home court and find my medical file. I think it's about 10 inches deep. I, I wonder if you've gone past me here, <laughs> but, but managed to continue playing instead of sitting in this stupid chair like I am. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I don't know. Uh, Willie just told me that you celebrated your 45th birthday the other day, so congratulations. <laughs> um, Five years. But, uh, but, yeah, I think um, four surgeries deep now, and it, it's pretty thick. I, I've gotten to know our trainer, Aaron Brock, better than anyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations on hanging in there and still managing to, to continue to play and be a part of a, a good era of volleyball. Tell us a little bit about the World Championships qualifier. You guys had kind of a mixed roster. That had to be an interesting experience for you, being really the old guy in there. I mean, I know you got Reed. He's, like, ancient, but at least you're a veteran. Yeah, I mean, I think Reed looks pretty good, though, so I don't don't think he looks that old out there, really. But, yeah, we got a couple of college kids, a couple of kids that just got out of college. Um, It was really interesting. It was a lot of fun. A lot of good memories just being back at the OTC because I haven't been there in 10 years. Um, and then, obviously, things went really well for us in our pool, so it was a good time. Did you have a chance to have a flour omelet? Is flour still there? That was the first thing I did. And um, interestingly enough, I think flour was wondering if me and Dave Lee and Reed were, were actually coaches now. When we got right. There. <laughs> <laughs> No, I love it. Hey, uh, we were going through the schedule and the and the scores and some of the stats here on this tournament. And I think going in, you guys knew you're going to win this tournament. You, it's just a question of by how much. And I I wanted to take the S off of this sentence. Held off a scrappy Guatemala squad, and I don't want to call them a quad. I'd like to call them crappy, uh, a crappy Guatemala squad. But really, what was the level of competition? What do you think you guys learned about your team, if anything, over the weekend? Well, first of all, I think uh, we, we played Guatemala uh, on day two of pool play, and 
um, kind of ran them over, and then they came out in the final and actually were, I mean, they were going for it. They were blasting serves. They were putting them in, you know, scudding some uh, some weird uh, hybrid serves at us in, at the altitude, and they came out and they played really well. Um, you know, we still won in three, but it was uh, a good lesson for us to know that uh, anytime we play a team in the final, no matter what, you know, they're going to be giving us, giving us their best ball. 18-22-15, the final in that three-sets-to-none victory for the USA side. And uh, Sean, of the young guys that were there, guys that were spending some time, who impressed you the most? Well, I think that the two young outside hitters really stood out, Taylor Sanders and, um, and uh, Aaron Russell. I mean, they were, uh, they were both serving the ball. They were both hitting back and, you know, you don't always see that right away out of college, and it's, it's good to see. It's good for our program. Um, Eric Soji actually uh, won pretty much all of the awards somehow as a Libro. Um, he was best digger, MVP of the tournament, and a couple other ones too. He couldn't even hold all the trophies that he had afterwards. So that was really impressive because I've never seen a Libro do that before. Yeah, that is interesting that he took home all those awards and he had to have a whole separate suitcase. Hopefully one of those young guys brought it back for him. Uh, what what changes have you seen? You mentioned that these guys are coming out of college, Taylor Sander and Aaron Russell, able to hit the big. What other changes have you seen in players that are joining your level? Um, I think uh, just really the uh, the overall like attitude of, of young players these days is like a, they just – are just really interested in learning the game and they just understand the game a little bit differently. I know like when I first joined the national team, I was, they had to teach me everything. So obviously the, the level of volleyball and the volleyball IQ that's coming to guys that are in college is a little bit higher now and probably even starts when they're on the junior and youth teams as well because, I, I mean, you, you might even remember when I first got to the national team, I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah, I remember. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, this guy's from Chicago? Oh, my gosh. You wouldn't even sit next to me in the cafeteria. (laughs) Oh, come on now. That doesn't surprise me. Sean, one of the quietest guys that ever came to the national team. Uh, I think it was Jimmy Pelzell that was there at the same time you were, Sean. And and then you were gone. Like, you were there for a week and a half or two weeks, and you were gone. And and I said, well, where the hell did Rooney go? He didn't say goodbye? And Pelzell said, I think it was him, said, did he even say hello? <laughs> no, it, it is interesting because I, I see so much collegiate volleyball now, and the way that the game is being taught, I mean, I, I kind of went on the national team, and, Sean, you arrived during that time when it was a very transitional period in the way the game was being played and being taught. We'd gone to rally score. Brazil had brought in all the fast offense. We were still trying to adjust to that. I don't think it had gotten to college really yet. And I, I, your college career, does your college career overlap regular score to rally score for the collegiate level? No, I missed it by one year. Oh, so it was rally score after you were done. Right. Oh, no, okay. no, I'm sorry. I was just rally scoring. Oh, just rally. You missed regular score by a year. Yeah. Okay, so, so the game was really changing, and now it seems like the game has stabilized for 10 years, and I watch collegiate volleyball, and, of course, John with the international experience he's had, Alan Knipe with the international experience he's had, Carl McGowan, Marv Dunphy. It seems like the collegiate game has adapted more to the international game today, and, 
and maybe that's why you see some of those parallels. Yeah, I, I think I think I was watching the Final Four on TV, and um, I was really impressed. You know, I, to be honest, I haven't watched it really since I since I graduated college, but um, I was really impressed. And I even uh, last year when I had shoulder surgery, I even made it to a couple high school local games with friends that were coaches, and I was even more impressed because I know those those teams would have been spanking my team back in Wheaton. Right. <laughs> Yeah, Illinois Collegiate Volleyball, I remember going back to watch my brother even just four years after I had played and sitting there in the stands with a friend of mine who I'd played with going, we're not even close. These guys would kill us, absolutely kill us. That's much better. Well, Sean, what, is, uh, what does this summer look like? You're on the World League roster. Uh, you guys have an extremely tough pool. Tell us about the outlook here. I mean, Bulgaria, Russia, Serbia, that's going to be some good volleyball. Yeah, for sure it's going to be a good, a, some good volleyball. We're sitting right now at the uh, food court at O'Hare on our way to Bulgaria for the first leg uh, of the trip. And um, we definitely have a good pool. And I think the best thing about our pool is that we have Russia in our pool um, because we need to learn how to play against them. We need to learn how to beat them, not just once, but in the future as well. So, um that's not really a team that you want to see in the finals of the Olympics and figure out then how to beat them. You know, you got to kind of start preparing ahead of time. Um, and, um, you know, our pool is – the other pool is no joke either, the other power pool. So um, I like where we're at, and I think we're, we're starting off the summer at a, at a good pace, and I'm very optimistic about our chances of uh, doing well in this tournament as well as the world championships. What does how to beat Russia look like? What are, what are the areas you think where they're vulnerable or maybe you guys have an advantage and could train to an advantage this year? Well, I mean, you just have to, you gotta, you gotta beat them in the serve and pass game. You know, you can't, you can't let them serve you off the court, you know, and they're going to serve and miss a bunch and they're going to go for aces too. Um, and then you can't try to beat them at their own game with their huge block. You know, you can't just be, Swinging away at high balls against Muzerski, who's eight foot four. <laughs> yeah. You gotta, you gotta play some, maybe, uh, you know, play some balls and uh, give it to their setter, and maybe, uh, you know, try to block three and just try out some different uh, strategies against them. But I know we've we've had a lot of guys that have been in Russia and found a lot of success, so. Um, I think we have some some strategies uh, in the pipeline. Yeah, does that maybe fill the Russians with a little little bit of concern because they've seen these guys in their pro leagues and they've seen how well the U.S. team can play, so maybe they get a little more uh, worried when they have to face a U.S. squad? I hope so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice. All right, tell me, tell me about You've been through several head coaches now. Tell me about John Sparrow, his prep, his system. What's different about it? Um, well, he's, I mean, he's just, he's very optimistic and he really just loves being, doing whatever he's doing with, you know, like he's got to wear a lot of hats as a head coach. He's got to be up in the office planning practice. He's got to be looking at players that he wants to bring into the gym and he's got to um, be down there coaching us. But no matter what, 
he's just seems on top of it and he's just real optimistic and fired up and he brings a lot of energy to the gym. So if you're a player that can come into the gym and not be excited to play for him, then you probably shouldn't be in the gym, you know? And I think that's, that's something like a little spark that I see in our gym right now is everyone is really excited to be there. It's a good time to be a part of USAV. I played at a time when it wasn't fun to be a part of USAV and for whatever reason got caught up in that. That's a, that's a much better way to come to work every day because after all, yeah. it's a job. Uh, this, this is an exciting summer for you to be on the national team. Going back to Chicago twice in World League, that's got to be fun, but it has to be a little taxing on your bank account uh, unless USA Volleyball is going to comp you 200 tickets. I mean, how many tickets are you going to have to get for Hoffman State and UC, UIC? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the Hoffman Estates one is right around the corner from from where we live. So um, I think uh, I think I'll just have to let people do it on their own. <laughs> or, uh, what I really do is just tell them to ask my dad and then put it all, put it all on his put it all on his tab. <laughs> he'll, he'll really plan. appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> That's an excellent plan. No, when you go home, do you do you feel more pressure to perform at home, or does it put you at ease? Uh, well, I think it's just so unique of an opportunity. I don't think there's there's really any reason to add pressure, just because we play all over the world. You know, I've played two seasons in northern Siberia, three in Korea, and my family rarely got to see me play there. So to be able to play in front of not just them, but players I went to high school with and uh, family members and friends. It's just, it's too special to, uh, to add any pressure. Very nice. Sean, where did you play this last professional season? I was in South Korea. Oh, back to Korea. All right. Back to Korea. Yeah. It's a little different at 31 than it was at 22 swinging at 4 million balls this season, but I'm alive. So that's good. (laughs) Very good. Well, hey, Sean Rooney, thanks for spending a little time with us on your way to Bulgaria. Good luck this weekend, and we'll look forward to seeing you coming up a couple weeks' time in yeah. Long Beach. All right. Take it easy, guys. Right on. Thanks, Sean. Yep. All right. You. Gold medalist Sean Rooney checking in here on the Net Live on their way to Bulgaria. Sitting there with Reed Pretty in the food court. So I, really, I meant to ask him, actually, Smoothie King, Jamba Juice. Oh, we all know the answer to that, Kevin. I can't be. If it's Smoothie King, it's You're going to be upset. Yeah. That's, yeah. How often do you hear, I'm in the airport on my way to Bulgaria? Well, because I did it. I, fortunately, yeah, that happens quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm in Chicago on another seven-hour layover. Thanks, USAV. We left at four in the morning, and <laughs> we've made it 1,000 miles. <laughs> I flew east to go uh, even further oh, west. Oh, God, I hated. We flew from Colorado Springs to Dallas at literally... The crack of dawn, like five yeah, thirty, and then we flew Dallas to like Seattle or oh. something. So we watched the plane on the map. Yeah, go back over Denver. Like I was seven hours there. later. <laughs> oh, jeez, come on, really? We have our Canadian correspondent on the line. Let's get him in. And let's get the heck out of here on a Monday. Right. I knew we had a lot of ground to cover. Listen, we we had Jake Spiker give for you. We yep. gave you a World League roster preview. We yep. talked about World Championships. We just had Sean Rooney on the line yep. as they're on the way to the World League and just after World Champs. We had some discussion of my 40th birthday party, not enough. Uh, we talked a little bit about Beach. Destiny Hooker 
drama and situations. Going to have to wait till the next show. Okay. And it's good because I want Katie in here to talk about this. Which will be in a few weeks because next week is a holiday and we don't work holidays. We don't. We'll look at maybe a Tuesday show or we'll see how the schedule yep. comes together. But it might be another, another stall out. But we'll have a lot to talk about then because we're going to be right into the meat of World League. Yep. And, of course, all the domestic beach action that's happening. Remember, beach action happening with NVL this weekend, AVP in two weeks' time. But let's go north of the border for a second. Put on your Canadian Mountie hat or a maple leaf on your lapel if you have it. Camp Kerr. Hey, guys. How's it going? You are in gym. We hear whistles in the background. World Championship qualifier happening right now. Are you playing anyone better than, say, Guatemala, Panama, or Haiti? I can't even call them Panama. They're the Panamaniacs every time. No, we pretty much got the same kind of draw that you guys got. On We have, we have Panama now. We, you guys have, have the win, women. I'm watching the men play Trinidad and Tobago right now. And oh, yeah. Canada will play Costa Rica in a couple hours. That's on the men's side. The women are U.S. Virgin Islands. Jamaica, um, what is it? Mexico, and Canada. So Canada okay, Mex- and Mexico bad. are going into the, uh, the gold medal match later this evening. They did play earlier in the tournament. Canada beat them 3-1 pretty decisively with the exception of that, that one set there. But an interesting note here on the Jamaican women's team, assistant coach Reed Sinahara. Whoa, really? Yeah. So Sinahara. A lot of the listeners know him from Cincinnati. He's now at Buffalo. There is a player, Talia Bishop, on his Buffalo roster who is Jamaican and who he kind of got introduced to the Jamaican national program. And I don't know. Like, last I checked, I still thought he was helping Karch out with the U.S. women's national team. But he's up here rocking the the green and gold for Jamaica. I haven't spoken with him yet. We spoke with Talia yesterday. But we... Interesting to see uh, him in, in those colors up here. Either he's a turncoat or he's an international mercenary of volleyball <laughs> coaching. Reed Sunihara. Good information there. Hey, on the Mexican side there with the women, Cam, do they have Samantha Bricio from USC? Uh, no, they don't. Uh, she is yeah. not on this roster. From what I understand, she's still on that national team, uh, like the big roster for maybe like a girl. Now, the way it's set up that they, Mexico will actually qualify for kind of a, a last-minute uh, round uh, into the Women's World Championship in Italy. So she might be on that roster then, but she's not up here right now. Okay, so the Canadian men looking good. The Canadian women, uh, that could be a fairly good match between Canadian women and Mexico. I mean, you said 3-1 last time, but Mexico is not too terrible. No, they're not. They are definitely the, uh, the second-best team at this tournament. Uh, it's a lot, of, a lot of tough volleyball to watch. You know, we're doing live streams over on our site at VolleyballSource.net. we got, like... 3,000 Mexican viewers checking out the last game, so that was, that was, that was nice to see, but some of this volleyball is uh, really tough to watch unless it's a, a Mexico-Canada women's Cam, I wonder how you're doing this. You have whistles in the background. You're obviously at the event, yet you have a jet plane flying <laughs> over. Is, is okay. any part of this event being played outside? I... We are currently up in the media booth. This is played in an old hockey arena at a place called the Hershey Center. It is an Ontario Hockey League arena. The media booth is up in the roof. I am literally standing on the roof because the DJ is so loud in the Hershey Center. <laughs> I, however, I have to keep the door propped open because I don't know if this thing locks behind me yeah. if I were to leave. <laughs> so I have one foot in the door, the other foot outside, holding the laptop. I'm still mic'd up for the broadcast, <laughs> but I have turned that off, luckily, so I'm not... You know, t- given 
given the whole broadcast online this, this lovely information, but I wanted to check in with you guys to see how things are going. Well, Cam Kerr, we appreciate you doing so. you got a lot going up there. appreciate your efforts on behalf of volleyball up there in Canada. Volleyballsource.com? Volleyballsource.net. Volleyballsource.net. We'll get a link up on our Facebook page if folks want to check out the Canadian tournament happening right now for World Championships. Cam, thanks for checking in, man. we got to go. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thanks, All right. Cam. Longtime friend of the show, Cam Kerr, checking in from Ontario, Canada. The Hershey Center. You, maybe you could talk to the DJ up there and tell him, dude, not so loud. Like, Look, it's about, here's the thing. It's about good music, not about loud music. Louder doesn't mean better. Yeah. Even I know that, and I'm not a music person. Louder does not mean better. Oh, my Cam, goodness. with a potential hangover situation being locked on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone checked the roof? <laughs> I love it. You probably right. have to have a mattress up there, though, to throw to the uh, parking lot for people to know that he's up there. I want to thank Volleyball Magazine for their support of this program. We want to thank 6-8 Clothing Company. Go enter TNL10 on 6-8 Clothing Company. That's the number 8, everything else, letters and words. 6-8ClothingCompany.com. Enter TNL10 and get 10% off their clothes for the tall man 6-6 six, six and up in your life, be it nephew, brother, father, any relation whatsoever, just some tall guy down the street, you feel bad because he looks like crap because he's wearing clothes that don't fit and he looks like a flying squirrel when he raises his arm in his dress shirt. <laughs> if you find that man, buy him a shirt, please. Either a flying squirrel or he's going to be base jumping off the roof of the tall building you're in. There, there is a safety element yeah, that is exactly. present when you buy standard wear and you're six foot six and above. So go to 68clothingcompany.com and make sure you support the folks that support this program. Thanks for being here on the show. Thanks to the AVCA for their support of the show over the years, as well as Bible Mag for hosting us. Thanks to Jake Spiker Gibb for spending some time with us, Sean Rooney, Cam Kerr, all for calling in. Thanks to Jeremy for coming in once again. Sorry about the Clippers, Jeremy. We will have more burn. Volleyball talk and more information, as always. Look for us coming up next week, if not then, certainly the week after, as we lead into Long Beach. Get your tickets to the Volby Q. Volby Q. Go to supportvolleyball.org. Buy your tickets June 7th, Saturday, 1 to 7 p.m. outside the Long Beach Pyramid. Greet the team, play some volleyball, eat some good food, see Matt Gardhoff in a triangle hat, and mm-hmm. cheer on the USA men as they battle against Russia going to be awesome see if the u.s obama can defeat putin that's what yes. it's all about yes world leaders encapsulated in teams we'll be right back on the net live with another show in a week or two thanks for being here and have a great day when i met you in the summer so my heart beat down we fell in love as the leaves turn brown And we could be together, baby Long as skies are blue You act so innocent now But you lied so soon When I met you in the summer 